0: up. I was gonna record on mp3 so I could start doing speech to text so I can have some dialogue, but then um, I realized there's no mp3 option on this current APK that I have. I feel like there's too many motherfuckers dropping in fucking circles. Literally? Oh, well. Now I'm off their fucking... Space It's just annoying as fuck. Like, I kind of feel like I'm, like, in the Matrix right now. Maybe because I'm caffeinated. Oh, it just feels so annoying. Well, it's also because I'm wearing this fucking hippie fucking thing. I feel like Morpheus... Mind this, like, gee, and like, eventually, you know, maybe I won't refer to all these other characters all the time. But I mean, in the course of producing, it's like, why not reference other movies and characters? It's an easy way to leverage information into tropes, helpful for comedy, maybe. But at the end of the day, it's like I'm kind of bolstering their. Intellectual property, sort of. I mean, but do I really want to try to make a movie without ever referring to other people's movies? Which is maybe something I could think about doing, but. And briefly, all I got to do is transfer this into MP3 and I can publish it, turn it into a transcript download it, probably all in one day. I'll try when I get back, maybe. I was just about to uh, apply to HBO as a writer-producer, and even though I don't really want to do that, I think that might be the easiest way to get them to think about producing my movies. And I designed, like, one pitch, like, kind of for them... Some people. Probably Alec Burke. I'm not quite sure exactly who, but... And some of my jokes have been, like, for Bill Hader. And I, I do respect some people. I've had kind of a weird morning. I mean, I chose to drink coffee. I guess I chose, I decided or experienced elation upon the decision, which seemed to occur, even though I know there's like a bad side to it, but I'm like, okay, well, today I'm drinking coffee. It's Wednesday. Too many cars. This is pissing me off. annoying to me there's no good easy pedestrian crossing at this one position but it's annoying because sometimes it's like not busy there sometimes it is so it's annoying to me subjectively i believe annoying being like uh it disturbs my routine my serenity i have expected something that did not occur sort of i have irregular expectations, I'm a little bit edgy, maybe because I'm on coffee, annoying to me, inconsequential to you. You have no idea what the heck I just felt, most likely. Why do I tell the story? That's what I was thinking about earlier today, but it's on the last episode, essentially. Like, why do I tell a story? And the first answer I came up with was it's to excuse my previous... Failures essentially are my lack of following rules. So, what am I trying to get? And I also thought, I was like, that might be what everybody tells stories for, including what a douchebag. Man, who talks like that? I have a good guess. Wait a second. No, I think they're just college students. It's always like that. It's free money. You get to be an asshole and you get paid. All at the same time, I know I did it. There might be something else to it, but... Okay, so I'm trying to recap. Um, I published ALAG... No, ALAD Academy. I did not publish the video, but I hosted the video... And even though I want to just put it out there because I think it's a great piece, uh, I'm kind of proud of myself for just deciding to put up a paywall. And the best paywall I have is the one that involves me delivering the content after I get paid. And strange as it may seem, I mean, it's actually better that way. Well, first off, because I can't trust any crypto paywalls out there. They, They all suck. The guys that run them suck. I had one that worked, but it was just, like, slow. And it's better to just get them to pay me, and then I deliver the content. And, you know, if I get killed in between the fucking transaction and my delivering of it, so what? My reputation is invalid. But in the meantime, it's like, I've created my own fucking ticket booth. It's just that simple. Literally. But that doesn't necessarily mean anybody's going to pay. You know, I used to sit at a ticket booth where... People wouldn't come by and pay. Some people came by and paid. But it really... I mean, I already realized like a long time ago that they weren't making enough to fucking pay our wages. I don't know how the fuck that was working then. Or they weren't taking enough. I could go on about that. It's interesting. Negative free cash flow. I don't know what that means to you, but what it begins to mean to me is just this whole loss opportunity. Also, though, I found out, and I think a lot of people know this, that some people subsidize their movies... At a loss, they probably rent the theater to a degree. Or maybe it's because they paid so much for celluloid, they have like a other deal with the distributors. If you think about it, that's probably a good idea too. They're like, well, we'll, we've chosen you. We've chosen you for our calendar. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, all you had to do is spend like 30 grand on 35 millimeter and production of post-production, developing all that stuff. Maybe you did it for 10 grand, but I'm guessing more like fucking 40 grand or something. I don't know. I don't know what you paid. That was her. This is me. Let me go down there and eat some food. So instead, I produced a motion picture, and I won't tell you how. It's a lesson. It's an acting lesson, but... uh, That looks like my mom. Um, I'll get back to you. I am going to go eat. It's like nothing's right or wrong right now. It's just I'm a little bit charged up. But I also feel like I'm just proceeding through my thing. And I'm just trying to keep track of it essentially and do my inventory. But I've got to go eat. So I'll be back. I don't even like getting excited about this stuff. Because I know I'm not going to make a sale. Like it's almost impossible to imagine that I will. But I think what was interesting is that I'm just about to... Presented to one of those places where I'm like, oh yeah, this is one of those places where people should be able to proceed with me. Will they? Most likely not, because they're fucking idiots. You know, and they're going to be way caught up in their own realities. But what have I presented? An absolutely cost effective procedure, a new norm. But I don't see that's the thing is like negative free cash flow for them is like as long as they've got people. Well, they got infinite money, too. So they buy their own dips of their stock. I don't know if they do derivatives, but they fucking pay out. And it's all just like a tax shelter or some other corporations might actually benefit from losing money with them typically. But they failed and they got bought and their chief CEO guy, he had to walk away. and Now he's like doing his own consultancy thing. I should probably look for him, too. I mean, anybody can use Bitcoin. Buy my acting lesson. It's the introduction to my technique. And it was fucking excellent. I was also thinking that somebody should just give me like 10 grand. Just an investment in me. And then i drip out freaking intelligence to you, essentially. But where's the, you know, where's the pay point? Does anybody actually want to use it? Is that, I mean, is it the back end? Is it a loss? I don't think show business is everything people think it is. You know, and I think a lot of it's just basically loss. It's all acting lessons. So, but I'll just keep looking. Maybe I'll get a front end payment. Somebody's got to have some money. Maybe it's just like music lessons back when I gave music lessons. That was the only way I ever got paid in music. Sad to say. Well, I got paid a little bit otherwise, but. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Yeah, I mean, they Me too I always think they Me Too'd this guy, Roy Powers of Amazon. <coughs> and afterwards, a Jewish female showed up, and she looked so, like, studio regular. So it was, like, rare to have a Gentile in charge of show running. And when they came out with, you know, Philip K. Dick's movie, which was, uh, <coughs> what was it called? The Man in the High Castle. It was like an affront to the Jewish propaganda matrix. It causes the user to witness an alternate reality where everything about WW2 is, like, inverted. <clears throat> and that's, uh, I think that's a huge amount of their power is that all of us believe in the Holocaust. And uh, they had enough people, apparently, uh, I don't know. I don't know about World War Two literally, because my grandfather was Rear Admiral Navy in the Pacific Theater, but allegedly all these guys went and died on Normandy so Normandy beats and stormed it so you know the way that conspiracy theorists talk about it is like basically they got the whites to go kill the whites and they got a bunch of Protestants to kill each other some when I read that rumor it was more like or that theory it was more like the Vatican did it against Protestants but uh whether it was the Vatican or the Zionists the outcome has benefited the Israelis the Jews won World War II, and they control all signals and imagery and minds regarding those events, still. But they don't. There's emerging, like, schism where cognizant white people, essentially, and maybe others who study this, start to realize that the whole Holocaust thing was kind of a fraud, maybe. And uh, everything we were learning about the history of military affairs, United States of America, we find is like basically bogus. Everything's wrong. It's all, false, it's all false flag. So who's running it? Like, we think Gladio. We think the British. We think the Zionists. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Foreign, world power, old money. People that aren't us are falsifying attacks in America against us and then causing the youngsters to go off to war well anyway that's a short history i just think studio jews are like they're all over the place that's a nice book over there i should go check it out it seems way too busy out here I like garbage books, but at the same time, oh, yeah, this house is open. Open house. Is it for sale? They definitely spiffed this thing up. All right, I'll take a look. Is it a Bible? I was going to say I should leave it alone. This terrain is too contested right now. Someone's going to have an opinion. Hey, you! Don't touch my garbage. New Testament. And Psalms and Proverbs. And it's worth caring. I might be the guy who benefits the most from this. <laughs> yeah, my shoulder hurts. My brain hurts. I got tension in my skull. side of my head. I'm trying to loosen up, but it's like, even in loosening up, I sometimes have these weird tensions and stuff. Oh, and I did have coffee, too, so... <sighs> Uh, I went to eat lunch, and now I'm kind of wondering, like, do I really want to submit anything to HBO? I have this, like, you know, I always have a lot of theories about, like, who attacks my websites and stuff. And I, it seems to me that one time, I con- i tried to contact Alec Berg and Bill Hader, and I said, "You guys stole my script from Netflix and Kill." And it was a teasing thing, but it was actually kind of like somewhat true. Like, there's a lot of similarities. And there is, like, a history of, like, for example, um, the producers of Stranger Things, like, it appears that they ripped off this other screenplay. There was a court case about it, something about Montauk script, and uh, maybe that was all part of the promo, because the way I look at it now, like, all lawsuits are promo, and people might even risk some time for, like, fraudulent allegations or something just to promote their work. Who knows? I mean, maybe that sounds far-fetched to you, but I'm, you know, I'm just constantly wondering, like, how is all this done? And uh, I think the other thing about Stranger Things is, like, the Levi's jeans is, like, subsidizing them. Because every single kid is wearing denim in every single shot. It's almost like how most other movies are subsidized by tobacco because everybody's smoking a cigarette. Every fucking team. Oh, it was, like, uh, this new movie. I almost don't want to say the movie because it's like I promote their brand the one main star is like smoking a cigarette in this scene and then like five seconds later they cut to the next scene and he's smoking another cigarette he lights another c- it was just like so much cigarette it was just like fucking A dude <coughs> but they were almost like mocking the idea of cigarette ads at the very end of the movie too which I stayed to see a lot of people I could tell probably weren't cinephiles not that like, differentiate so bluntly, but some people stay till the end of the credits. But, I mean, a lot of movies have those little jokes at the end. Like, why wouldn't I want to see that, too? I couldn't believe that movie was over, actually. As I was saying last week, I'm like, damn, what? They made a happy ending out of the Manson murders? How the fuck did they do that? Like, I was, like, confused. And I thought they, like, cut before the rest of the carnage... But then I thought about it later, I'm like, wait a minute. No, they killed Tex and a couple of those psycho Manson chicks. That means that they made it a happy ending. Oh, I haven't even read any reviews about that movie, so maybe I'll do that too. So, basically, what do I want from anybody? If there's any successful producers out there, or executive producers, or otherwise, basically, it's only $20 to start me out... $20 worth of Bitcoin. It's good for you, it's good for me. You gotta learn how to use Bitcoin someday. And I'm fucking, as far as I'm concerned, making this new procedure that's just like, sort of gonna be standard. Maybe I shouldn't have said, I'm fucking gonna maybe do this maybe thing. I got a cookie in my bag. A little bit twerked out. Gotta be careful. Wow, there he is. He's living in our old home. He looks intelligent, he looks fiscally responsible. Drives a fancy car looks humble. He probably works at Apple or something like that. Definitely probably works a lot. He definitely probably commutes. I've never seen him there before. I don't think he really enjoys his house very much. It used to be our house. I don't know if my family members literally built that house, but it was built for one of the generations. Times must have been so different back then. The amount of, you know, lumber and just the amount of space and they're like on the main hill. And um, I've kind of synthesized all that into like one observation, which was one of the family members was casket maker, cabinet maker. And so I sang a song, burying the dead after the gold rush. And it's like a lot of, uh, you know, buy low, sell high kind of thing. Like after the gold rush, what did we have? Like, you know, they talk about how people made money selling shovels. And my ancestor basically made money burying all the people who came out here looking for gold. I mean, talk about a fucking, you know, like a steady business. There was a joke, I think, in the family. I've said it a million times. I've botched it a million times. How's business? People are dying to get in. I think that's the joke. But it's like, that doesn't quite make sense. I don't remember how it goes. How's the the casket business? Oh, people are dying to get into it. It's kind of funny, somehow. I just don't know how to tell the joke. And then, uh, oh, the other part of the family wealth came from telephone stocks. My mom said it's like, it's like it was the Bitcoin of their generation And she was just, you know, saying something that kind of makes sense in a way. Like, they got a bunch of telephone stocks, I think, for AT&T. And then over the decades that they were alive, the stocks appreciated it. And then the next generation was selling off AT&T stock, basically that's what I heard and then there was other the properties itself were you know probably increased a lot in value and then they were sold or like lost in death I guess and sold at state sales who knows and then there was another bit of wealth in the family that was like uh, this woman well I just found out that like this one property that I lived in when I was in my 20s, I guess. It was my grandma's house. Like, It was given to her by Uncle Bub. And I just found out his name. And it seems like a pretty extravagant gift. But maybe he had a lot of property. I don't really know how that worked. He died there of a heart attack. I kind of surmised that maybe there was an affair. Who knows. But the property where that property was, there was like an oil boom. A brief oil boom. Like I think in the 1920s. But I don't know if any of my family was involved in that. But since they were close to the property, I think maybe someone was. I'm kind of fucking grumpy right now. I feel like it's a weekend. There's all these crawlers out here who are just like normals showing up. It's a Wednesday. Shut the fuck up, beeper. God damn it, you threw me off. I almost got hit by a car. Fucking who the fuck needs to beep? It's the slowest fucking town in the world. It's the kind of thing I don't like hearing at all, and I don't like seeing all these idiots around here either. But yeah, all the wealth is gone. Basically, just the memories just the thoughts for me it's just like thinking about history local history how to make money don't fucking beep your fucking horn idiot this person's from out of state they probably caused the beep instead of beeped but maybe they beeped all right so back to um this is probably going to be published tomorrow which will be thursday August 1st, but today is the 31st of July. More beepers. Fucking beepers. Knock it off. See, I didn't get enough protein. I had a really, really light lunch. I didn't get enough fat. I didn't get enough protein. Now I'm going to fucking get mad at every fucking idiot who fucking honks a horn. Probably. I'm going to calm down. And I have coffee in me, so I'm fucking stirred up a little bit. (sighs) But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go back in there and take another look at my uh, web design. I think I got plenty of time on the computer today because I have an extra ticket. And then uh, maybe. And I'm just going to probably apply to HBO a few different ways. And search for some of the principles, I guess, that were referenced in my video. Because I made a lot of references to actors and stuff. And then after that, I'll probably try to turn it off before I go all the way. And get out of here and go buy some more food. And just go back to doing what I'm doing. This routine is pretty good. And I'm just going to continue to go ahead and advance. Even if if I have some issues with HBO or whatever. Amazon or all these. Netflix. Like I might as well start applying to them. Because I haven't yet found a person. You know who's going to be my. CFO or whatever so. Or I could try to. All right, I'm just gonna eat a cookie. I'm in kind of a bad mood. I think I screwed up a little bit, but. uh, Save these napkins, wipe my ass someday. Yeah, I just kind of feel like maybe I did it wrong. But obviously, people do shit wrong. Well, I don't know. I'm just, like, really confident about my work. But I'm also not very confident that people are going to take it seriously or whatever. And I'm, like, very sarcastic about it because I'm, like, I know, you know what I mean? It seems like a lot of people, you know, if you go on Twitter, like, you can see, like, what people are like. And you can, like, sort of assess, like, what organizations are like. I don't know. You know, a lot of my shows are kind of comedies, so it's like it's not, they shouldn't be that serious. But at the same time, paradigms are so serious for people, they make their whole identity out of them. Probably me too, but. Idiot. Idiot. Idioso. See? Idios. I mean that's idiocy. Idioso. Idios. Yeah, I'm in a kind of fucked up mood. Maybe it's because I drank coffee. I think I'm just going to go to the store, buy some food, go home. Like what I usually do about this time. And then hopefully I'll work on the project all day. Uh, I have some things I want to say for sure, but some of them seem kind of petty, but I think I'll prove by the end of my speech essentially like what I believe is true is kind of important. German kids and then American kids. The American kids looked like they were with the German kids, but then they were American. Maybe they're the same family. Yeah, I've been talking a lot about my own music and my own movies, screenplays I'm trying to work on. Oh, I did a little bit of a screenplay today. Not that I'm super, super proud of the amount of work I put in, but at least I did something. And I saved it. Oh, and I also explored different uh, ways to script with certain apps they all sucked fortunately i didn't spend too much time looking i was like fuck this and i remembered you know what i can do is just do it on html it's like it's so much easier and i mean it's referable it's like it's saved it's editable by me you can copy and paste and take a fucking copy if you want it i mean it's like google docs honestly not really so brilliant Maybe for copying and pasting a bunch of shit, that's what it's good for but yeah, good. I'm in a pretty bad mood though. I think it's because it's hard to get it's hard to get other people to work for me. And like I'm trying and like I just, I really don't have any faith, like, while I think that my movies are good, like the ideas, the scripts are good, the ideas are good, plot points, and I can totally see them being made, in my head, Uh, What the fuck, um, I just don't have a lot of faith in people. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm excited. Just, uh, I feel like I took a few chances in terms of being a total dick. You know, it's like, I mean, how are you supposed to get people's attention when you're like at a super high level of like, you're either trying to apply for senior level. I mean, maybe to be like absolutely super, super, um, infuriatingly kind, but I don't really think that's going to get anybody's attention. I'd rather be like absolutely fucking obnoxious and try to get your attention And then force you to look at something if you have any curiosity left in your soul. Like, why is this guy being such a douchebag? And then it'll get stuck in your head. Because it's like, more likely you're going to be like, oh man, this guy's such a douchebag. What the fuck is he smoking? Like, what's he on? And then it's like, oh. Oh, like maybe he's doing something kind of incredible. Or maybe he's trying to. Otherwise, it's like, okay, so I could be like painstakingly submissive at all your fucking levels and like absolutely deferential. I mean, first off, filling out those forms is incredibly fucking annoying. God, stop! Yeah, I almost got run over, dude. That's what you say. that guy was making fun of me, man. Not that that even really matters. I'm like, I almost got mad at that chick. She's a youngster and a hybrid. but I know she's innocent, but it was just like, whoa, watch the fuck out. I might have broken my leg. It might have been worse. That's what I get. See, this is why I hate fucking cars they're fucking deadly weapons alright, I'm gonna go get some food I just come through line. Right? You guys, you're gonna, you're gonna take all your car, right? And this is I'm going to this
1: before you Oh, Sora. Oh, yeah. Is she
0: tried this one uh, email service with this business, and uh, it looked like it provided emails to uh, certain, you know, senior managers of companies, high-profile companies, but I couldn't tell if it was accurate information or not, but it looked kind of like it was, and I was like, "Huh, this is weird. Maybe it was just, like, somebody's idea of, like, what the email would actually be, and they just, like, filled it out which seemed possible too, or they were like old emails. But you never know, like some of that could have got through. But, um, you know, I'm not like necessarily expecting it to be so easy to contact some of these people. But, you know, why not try? So I spoke as if, or I typed as if I was actually contacting them, like in a simple language that I felt was applicable (sighs) for the instance. I mean, I'm doing all the work that, like, I wanted other people to do, but, like, if I build, like, the the back end or whatever is, like, shows kind of, like, strategy I have and stuff, it's really simple. Basically, it's, like, buy my movies so I can, or give me some kind of agreement that you would probably buy my movie, and then I can maybe get some investors to start thinking about putting up some upfront money or if I was so lucky maybe they would do it although that's where I think like the titles of the movies are already like the serious the most serious bar to that procedure going through because and it's just funny it's kind of ironic I don't know if it was coincidental I think it kind of was I made up two movies that are named exactly like the platforms. Uh, And I think it might have just been the zeitgeist. Like, I kept hearing these words over and over and over, kind of, maybe, in the case of this one. And then I sort of, it was almost like plagiarism, but... I mean, it doesn't have to be called Amazon Bitches Getting High on Meth, but... Every time I told people that title, they'd laugh. And uh, I think it really inspires, like, what the movie's all about. But, I mean, it could be, that could be the working title, it could change afterwards. Netflix and Kill actually is kind of a funny joke, but it's really arbitrary as it relates to the topic of the movie that I was working on. Or the series. And, uh, yeah, I could talk a lot more about all the other titles. I think I will. I don't know if I'll do it all right now. I gotta make sure I don't get run over by these goddamn fucking people in cars. Man, they wanna ban guns. I almost got hit by a car. You wanna fucking ban cars for me, you fucking assholes? And, I mean, I totally, like, you know, see that it was this sweet little girl. She was probably only about 16, maybe even 17. And she kind of made a mistake, you know. She shouldn't have been backing up where she was backing up, I don't think. But on the other hand, I was like, you know, next time I don't need to be walking in the fucking parking lot. But it's kind of a bad place to fucking back up where she was backing up. But, you know, she's not super, super wise. What was also freaky about it, and it might have been my fault, but I was basically just behind her car and she couldn't see me. It was freaky because it was like a, a fucking, um, what do you call it, a Prius. And there was like no sound. And I'm like, this is not good. I was like, in a split second, I'm like, damn, I could fucking die right now. I remember going into that bank one time when I was like really at the last of my fucking savings and it was so fucking awkward. I was so mad too. I was like, God damn it, I need to do something about this. I got no money. And I, was, I don't know what the fuck I was trying to do, but I was trying to get them to uh, stave off my one payment, which was like five dollars or something. I was had to pay my student loan, bill. was like five dollars. There's no crosswalk here. It's fucking incredible. Well, I bought spring water for like the first time in a long ass time just to have water. It's probably tearing on my shoulder right now carrying it, but, um, you know, I was thinking about making up some coffee, cold brew. But I'm like, yeah, coffee, you know, I'm kind of in and out of coffee, I would say, thank goodness. But I drank some today, and I, was, I don't think it was really that good for me, honestly. I was feeling kind of crazy all day. But yeah, I, I think I proceeded pretty well. Like, I contacted, like, the three, I can think of them as the three major studios. But uh, more on that in a moment. Just trying to get away from everybody. Some days are better than others, I guess Wednesday is already feeling super busy. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's 3.30. I usually get out of there by 3, maybe. And then I almost got run over. Yeah, I felt sorry for the girl. But I just hope that she, uh, like many of us have had to do, like, learns to be, like, much more cautious. Because I think it was basically her fault there. But, you know, I could take a little responsibility, too. I probably shouldn't have been walking through the parking lot like that. But it's like, that's one of those things about being a pedestrian. It's like, sometimes you have to walk through parking lots. And there I was. I was thinking I was being safer by going around the other way. I didn't want to have to walk on the front street because there's a bunch of fucking assholes. Basically. But yeah, not to ascribe all blame to everyone else. It was just kind of one of those things. But that's one of those reasons that I, I literally try my hardest not to even go anywhere near cars. Because it's just... Most of my day, I don't even have to go anywhere near cars. I guess I'll try next time to, you know, not go through that parking lot. I usually just have to go out through the back. But, oh, well, I think there's a better place for me to get in. But I have to just, like, walk up a space. And, you know, just cross the corners. Because every little time, I, yeah, you know, I guess that's part of It's like I jaywalked a little bit. Or not there, but I jaywalked. So I gotta think about it. Like, I should go like a quarter of a block out of my way. I'd cross at the fucking corners. And then hope to never fucking have to get hit by a car ever again in my life. Shit, the Rangers are out. I wonder what they're all about. Like, I was thinking it's about me, too. I'm like, fuck, they're just like, you know, they're looking for me because, what, I published 911 or someone called me a terrorist. I'm pretty sure it's like ever since garlic. Because, like, if what I'm saying is true, these guys look like they're fucking zoom, zoom, rooming around. Rooming around. I like chasing people out here. I just don't know where they went. They look like they went to hide for a minute. I don't even know if I should go in this way. I think I gotta outrun them real quick. Just been feeling this heat thing, I mean, the cops, they're like, they seem to be up there this morning, they're like, at this bank, they're like, looking at me, Then they're over there, and it's all like right after the Gilroy-Garlic thing, and I can just imagine, like the FBI going, there's white supremacists in your fucking county, and they're like, okay, we gotta do a counterterrorism thing,
1: hut, hike.
0: like, fucking absurd as usual, but it'll probably last for a week or two, and I'll have to fucking stop spending money on it, because it'll be like, wait, what is the geographical threat to us, this one guy fucking did this thing, but the headline I just saw, it said, he probably acted alone, which I'm like, yeah, right, I don't even believe you, there were reports of second shooter, and so you're telling me that now on the front page, he probably acted alone. I don't believe you on some deleted Instagram account. And I like, presented this fascist reference to this, which I downloaded, by the way. I can imagine them using that too. They're like, oh, someone downloaded the same manifesto. And I'm like, yeah, because I want to know what the fuck he was listening to. Or what you think he was listening to. Because I'm curious. Um, let's see. Fuck this up a little bit. Um. How do I do this without stabbing myself? I guess I have to put this over here. Ow! Fuck! Shut the fuck up, duck! Man, I'm gonna have to listen to ducks all day. Being stupid as fuck. Stupid ducks as fuck. Stupid ducks, ducks as fuck. Fucking duck fucks! Fuck, fuck! Yeah, someone's someone's been up in my shit, I know that. So they used my fucking shirt, they looked at it, and they fucking looked at it, and they re it, pretty certain, although the other day I was certain that they had covered up my shit with piles of sand, and then I thought about it a little more, I'm like, you know what, maybe not, I was like almost certain, because it seemed like the amount of sand that had been kicked on the pile was not because of me. And I was like, looks like someone, you know, covered that up. And I was like, who would do that? And I thought, a ranger. Because they'd do that kind of thing, probably. But I didn't know. And then, then the next day, or a few days later, someone fucked with my shirt. And it looks like someone fucked up the book across the way that I threw. But, you know, these are all just little potential indica- indications of other people coming through the area. Oh, that's a nice blackberry. Oh, that's a nice one, too. I can almost reach those. Fuck. Oh, there's some nice ones back there. The fatty ones always get super fat when they're out of reach. Well, for me, anyway, because I ate the other ones. Hey, ducks, will you shut the fuck up? Do I really want to listen to you quacking so much? It's like rush hour for the ducks.
1: Get the fuck out of my way.
0: Oh my god. I don't even like to part with my bag for even like half a moment. But I was going to take it off before I look for my other bag. Um, I'm a little wary. This would be one of those days where the rangers might come stomping down and find me. But I'll try to put my hands out where they can see them and I will not refuse to identify myself like I did when was it a year ago or two years ago and they got really mad. It looked like he wanted to tackle me. I was already on the ground. I had my shirt off. And he's like, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, God. All right, fine. Here's my ID. And after they ID'd me, we started chatting. They even laughed at one of my jokes. And he's all how old are you? I'm like, doesn't it say it on the license? And I'm like, how old is the river? And they both laughed, which was a kind of profound question. <laughs> I noticed one of them like turn and look at the, the river for a minute. Huh. Yeah, kind of like... that's pretty funny. I I like cops. I do like cops. I'm trying to like them more. Like, I just wish that more cops were employed by me to, like, go arrest some really fucking bad guys. Otherwise, you know, what we got is a bunch of fucking useless Keystone cop maneuvers doing a bunch of stupid shit. And then, you know, some good shit. I mean, I'm sure they do a lot of good shit, but... I just kind of feel like if the, it's too macro to really say that, like, if the bigger crimes were solved, like the really big state crimes, that maybe all these scrappy crimes just wouldn't be such a big deal. Like, I mean, I really, I guess I look at it from a federal perspective and I'm like, if we, if we cause justice in the macro conditions, like maybe we could, you know, more easily have more justice around these parts, like maybe get more housing and stuff. But, you know, I recently talked to this guy. He was he was going on and on about that stuff, like some kind of progressive solution. And he was trying to get all nuts and bolts about it. And I'm like, yeah. And I thought about myself, for example. I'm like, Man, even if they gave me a fucking shack somewhere, it's like I don't wanna go live with a bunch of fucking poor people in a row of shacks. Like that'll just be a ghetto. Some pimp will be trying to fucking boss the block and I'll have to smell people's shit, I'll have to listen to people's hip hop. I'm like, I like being where I am. And, like, I like being right next to town, too. Like, I can imagine you could do that, but you'd have to put them way out in the fields. And, like, how far would I have to travel just to go to the store? And what kind of jobs, what kind of community is going to be out there except for some fucking people in a trap? And so I think that was sort of maybe one of the latest times where I started to think about it again. Like, any kind of progressive solution or socialist solution to the housing problem is going to, Maybe ignore the fact that everybody wants to be in the middle of the city. And if only so that you're close to the market, you're close to some water, you can see some friends. I mean, and like, I mean, there's probably a lot of people that would, I mean, including me, I'd probably rather live outside near the city than, uh, I'd probably rather do that than live in some, you know, shack somewhere. Even if it was a nice fucking apartment. But if they gave me, like, a one-bedroom apartment, like, with my own bathroom and stuff, and a kitchenette, like, as long as I could, like, ride the bus and go to the store or something, I'm sure that would be worth it. As long as I didn't have to work. Which is crazy to say, but I'm just saying that's what it would take for me. And, like, I wouldn't, also wouldn't want to be at the behest of any supervisor who had any, you know, uh, extraneous is the word that comes to mind, demands for me, I mean... Surely I wouldn't want to, you know, I wouldn't mind them telling me that, like, you're not allowed to keep a whole bunch of junk in your shit that's going to lead to rats and, you know, lice and stuff. I mean, I don't mind having some rules, but I wouldn't want to be, like, having them. You have to show up at 6 a.m. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 8 p.m. Or at 8.40. You've got to be here, and you got to bring a pencil, and you've got to fill out these forms every week. Which is like the kind of bureaucracy bullshit that most people fucking... They do that kind of stuff. And then what they do is they give bureaucrats jobs. And who thrives in those jobs? Well, I have a certain type of person in mind. And so what you do is you end up giving somebody like $25 an hour to boss all the homeless people. And she gets to be like a bitch. And she gets to have her fucking place. She probably smokes cigarettes. And she's mentally fucked up. But... And everybody else has to, like, run through her. And she's, like, suddenly the boss of everybody. And it's just like, okay, all this useless shit has to be done. Because she has to boss you around about something. Otherwise, she wouldn't have a function. And I'm so sick of shit like that. But, I mean, on the other hand, like, I was mad at this guy in Florida. Like, I thought he wasn't helping me or something. And like I mean I heard some weird shit. I had to call a phone number the guy. Gave me two stories. Some shit went weird. But it ended up working out okay. It was just like I don't even remember why I was so, like so upset at first. But I was like I think I think he was telling me I had to cancel my food stamps in the other county and I'm like, how am I gonna do that? You know, and I've heard them say stuff like that before. Like, you have to cancel it in the other county first. And I'm like, you know, hundreds of miles away from that county. I don't have a dollar, I don't have a phone, I don't have an email, I look on the email and it's like confusing, if not impossible, to fucking contact them through that. And it's just one of those things, like, so you gotta go, you gotta cancel in your can- account, it's like, how the fuck am I gonna do that, man? How am I gonna do that? And like, you're a federal fucking agency. But, I don't wanna get all complaining about that shit, but, you know, it's just like, how, how am I supposed to do that? And like, most of these things, it's like, how am I supposed to do that? Oh, I don't even want to think about it. There's this guy now that he seems like he's like, I heard him saying, like, well, I'm mentally handicapped now. Thousand dollars a month. And I'm like, man, that's like join the Tards. And I, I was sitting there. I was feeling kind of jealous. And I'm like, man, I just should have fucking been a stupid person instead of trying to be a smart person my whole life. Cause it doesn't pay to be all smart and stuff. It just, it literally does not pay. And it pays to be a fucking retard. It's just, it pays to be a retard. It pays to be mentally, it pays to be a junkie. It pays to be fucked up. They give you $1,000 a month. And like, if I don't, if I'm not crazy enough, I don't get the money. It fucking sucks. But I also, in that moment, sort of had this realization. of like, you know what? You give a stupid person money like that, he, he's very, he could very well overdose. He'll probably get in some fucking ghetto trap situation where he tries to start dealing drugs and he's probably gonna either do time or maybe he'll pick up a gun he might shoot somebody he might shoot himself probably shoot someone else basically and I'm like that just reminds me that even money is not really where it's at if like you're forced to go spend it in some trap and if your ego's all fucked up and you're still gonna be a criminal then money is actually can kill you for sure you hear that in the rooms a lot they say money I don't know if they say it exactly like that, but they say something along those lines. Like, money can get you killed. If you don't have sobriety and you get money, you're, you can die. easily. If we're, if we're alcoholics and addicts or just fucking idiots. And no offense to that guy, but he doesn't seem like the you know smartest tool in the shed or whatever. Sharpest tool in the shed. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen to him. I kind of want to talk to him about it, though. Get an idea of what he's going to do. but Or just also find out how he did it. But I kind of still don't want to try to get free money like that. I just... I've been doing pretty good without money. And, uh, you know, it's kind of nice to be... Just not worrying about money so much. Or just not even having it. Because it's just like it's totally a different vibe. But I do have food stamps, but, I mean, it's like pretty minimal. I'm lucky I have food stamps. I might not have them two months from now. Because, I mean, pretty much this county fucks you up pretty hard. I don't know, I might just settle down. I might even try to apply for SSI again. I don't even know what I would claim, though. I might just claim depression. I mean, I really just might say I'm depressed. And then I might talk about my physical problems and say, I mean, I'm kind of disabled in some ways, but in other ways, it doesn't really seem like I am. But upon that one definition, the guy once said at one of those agencies, he said, a a disability is anything that prevents you from working full time. Like, I mean, I can say without shame that I'm basically disabled because I can't work full time. Like I've tried before, like I get, I'm like, I have rage attacks and, like, you know, if they blame you, it's, it's, it's because I can't do it. That's why I start getting mad. Like, it's fucking depressing. I get stressed out. I might have to start having physical problems. And obviously, I have in the past. If I try to work too much, my fucking ass will be stuck and bleeding and fucking sweating. And, you know, I'll be running around on it. And it's happened before. I don't know. I'm just saying. It's just not good. And so, of course, I get mad when I'm trying to work and I reach my limit. But it's like, then people want to sort of pretend like it's a character failing or something. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, yes and no. But at the same time, when I'm forced to work in these shitty jobs that, like, I need, like, an easy job. And even then, like, I don't think I can do it. Literally, if it's, like, making me have to say, like, duplicitous things to people or recommend things that I don't believe in then I'm going to be sitting there going, uh maybe I should just work in social services. That would be really hard, but at least I'd be behind glass and I could sit down. And I mean, there'd be fucking, what do you call it, protocol. There'd be a lot of back and forth, though. Which, when I see those workers at those offices, they're usually arguing with people all day. And I don't think that'd be good for me. I mean, I don't know, you know, maybe I could do it. I'd be like, yes, no, yes, no. And if they start hitting the glass, you know, fucking call security, but then they'd probably blame me. But I'd probably, you know, I'd probably lose my temper and that would not be good. I don't know. Like, I'm worried about it sometimes. I I could go on. I mean, I'm really worried about, like, sometimes, like, am I ever going to change? And, like, what is the way to change? And, like, I was thinking about making some financial amends today and stuff a little bit. And, like, kind of the shame I feel about how I, you know, pilfered from this one job that I used to have in town. It was kind of inconsequential, though. And I think back, it's like if the step says, made a list of the people we'd harmed. I mean, I didn't really harm the guy. I mean, he was never harmed by anything I did. I pilfered some food and I didn't, you know, I pilfered some beverages and I never really stole cash from him, but I, I would ring myself up and I'd underpay, So I'd, you know, I'd basically not pay him everything he was owed. And after an employee discount, which I thought was too meager that I gave a 10% employee discount or something, and I was like, what the fuck, man? I should be getting this food for free. Like, I'm working for you so much. But, um, that was kind of the way I saw it, you know, but that's not the way he fucking did it. And I just felt like I was not in the position of authority, so, just like almost everybody else said, I was like, well, fuck it then, I'm just going to take what I need, or take what I want. And that was like how we justified it, you know, back then. And I justified it that way, but it was like in a cultural context, essentially, those of us who are employees and stuff, basically we all feel like we deserve more than we get paid. And, like, there's no easy way to get it except for to just take it. And, you know, maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's right. I think now, if I ever took a job again, I'd, prob- I'd probably, you no, know, I'd almost certainly just try to work just for my wages and not take anything or, you know, cause shrinkage or whatever. But um, I respect the rules, like, a lot more than I used to, but that's sort of just a personal decision like I mean I find probably that I'd be more coherent with my emotions and stuff if I wasn't doing that and I'd rather just put in an extra shift if I thought I needed more money or something and like my costs are like way lower well currently but see that's one of the problems with going to work is like I'd have to most likely I'd have to pay rent somewhere and then you know my income is going to be like reduced by 50% like immediately and I don't, I don't know how I would get over it knowing that the first two days of work were, like, required in order for me to have the job. That's, like, sharecropping. That's slavery. Oh, so I go and I pay it to this fucking landlord who's, I'm never going to own the property. And I'm just, like, losing way too much rent to fucking have some chintzy little room that I'm barely ever going to be at because I'm at work all the time. Fuck that. How many times do I have to say it? Fuck that. I don't know, it seems like that's back to norms, like, it seems like that's normal for people, but I don't think so, and I don't think that's normal, I think that's wrong, I think that's more like slavery. If people can get into a situation where they really don't mind their jobs, and they don't mind working full-time, and they can start, you know, buying a home or something, well, then maybe that sounds reasonable, but... You know, most of the time, not so around here. I mean, you're not going to be able to buy a fucking home on a retail salary, ever, unless you're going to live in your van. No way are you going to be able to buy a mortgage. Maybe if you were really, really good and you worked your way up, maybe you could like, maybe you could get the credit to buy a place and then rent out a couple rooms. Actually, I know a guy who did that. He would, he didn't really work in retail, but he worked in We had this odd job, we worked together at this home business, and then later, I think he got into some kind of contracting or construction, and he told me he built his house, I think he built his house, and then he rented out two rooms, or he bought his own house, at least, and he rented out his two rooms or something, and he was paying his mortgage. Still, if there was a downturn, it seems like that would be pretty risky, but... And then I had another friend who his parents helped him buy a house in uh, Australia, Arizona, when he was out there going to, like, med school. And he did the same thing. I think he had two roommates paying his mortgage. And that's fucking intelligent. You know, if I had done that early on, like, I would have felt like I was doing something right. Yet, that seemed like a lot to manage. And, like, when I was younger, I just wanted to travel. Like, I didn't want to have any of those responsibilities, even if I thought that was somewhat wise. Maybe now I'm a little more, like, willing to think about something like that. But honestly, I don't even think it's worth it. All the effort and all the trying to, you know, the stress of, like, keeping tenants and, like, somebody's going crazy out there. Why the fuck are you yelling? Man, my nuts are all fucked up. I dropped a trowel in my video yesterday, and I, I tried to sing with my butthole. It was part of my comedic acting video. And as I showed my butthole to the camera, I could see my scrotum. And it's, like, really twisted. Not, like, literally, but it, it, it is. It's, like, bent to one way. And, like, my left nut is, like, all kind of screwed up and hangs a little weird. My right nut seemed pretty good, but I was like, wow, that is really twisted. And I know I got a twist down there, like... I mean, they say something like a lot of guys, one of their balls hangs lower than the other, but to see that, it was like, wow, I'm fucking, you know, I'm really irregular down there. I don't know if that's regular or not, I mean, but it was, like, kind of frightening to see, like, how twisted it is. But, like, all my body, it's all twisted, so my fucking left neck is, like, hangs weird. Sometimes it rolls up inside me, and I can't really, it's like, I'm it's not very healthy, like, I need to stretch it out better or something, I'm constantly trying to stretch out my left nut lately, and then my left hip is all fucked up, and you know, everything's fucked up on my left side, <sighs> oh, well, yeah. so that really had, like, almost nothing to do with show business, except for, it seems like the only thing I can focus on, then, is, like, some form of show business that, like, I can type out on the computer, or process on the computer, and it's just, like, I don't know. I mean, it's like I'm still working on this this hope and this fantasy that maybe I can actually do these things. But I feel like you know, as long as it's keeping me interested, like who cares? You know, even if it is a far fetched idea, and like I, I feel like I've been spending a lot of time trying to convince myself or others that it's actually not so far fetched to think that I can run these shows or whatever. But but um, there's there's certain like obstacles, I guess about. The shows, including that they're controversial, or they're not popular sentiments, and um, they're not scripted very well yet, and that's about it, really. But if, if anybody came to work in my company, essentially, I mean, I could recognize talent immediately, and I could put it to work, and I think that that would be helpful. So, I'm sort of like questing for some talent, I guess, or crew to, uh, sort of recognize the the humor in my shows and then be down and be devoted, mainly because they probably agree that these opinions are, or these styles of comedy are maybe underrepresented, maybe. So, it would be kind of an ideological quest at first and then try, we would try to, you know, make a return but I'm also just like uh fucking tired tired of fucking pitching this thing like like that and I cannot guarantee returns at all I can't even guarantee production but like a lot of things like a band it's like you start out with this like you know you start out with a drummer or something it's like that's the hardest person to find usually So I find if I'm a guitarist and I'm a singer, I usually have to impress a drummer or a second guitarist. And then you fill out the band. you got to start somewhere. And once you have two people doing it, it becomes a lot easier. That's just kind of the way I look at it. I'm pretty fucking pissed off right now. I just feel like everything's going wrong in town. I'm not sure what's going wrong. I have a theory right now. It's all because of the Gilroy Garlic Shooter, like so. That they're activating everybody's fucking... Terrorism money, they're like, Oh my god, we gotta step gotta stop the next garlic terrorist. He could be anywhere, we have a tip. That's just my my feeling is that there's some stupid fucking management going on right now. It's like they reactivated the war on terror. It's like the war on garlic. I could be wrong about that. There could be something else going on, it could just be regular activity. Maybe it's very smart policing and not stupid policing. Who knows? I could be wrong, but I'm I'm also paranoid because I just feel like these events happen and then I don't really feel like, you know, we're getting the real stories usually, so. I've talked about that a hundred times, but mm, I got cookies, I got chili, I got these chips, oh and I got some fruit snacks. I overspent today, but I didn't really get a good lunch, so And I got water. As long as I'm not disrupted today, I'm going to have a great afternoon, but I'm actually kind of tense that, you know, some kind of rangers are going to come down here, or some kind of fucking criminals. Those guys earlier were like, you know, they were hiding out from the fucking person driving by, and I'm like, oh God. Like, I didn't want to have the cops come down and ask me, like, have you seen three guys, or are you one of them, and all that stuff, and I would have been like, what am I going to say? Well, I kind of want to listen to some podcasts like I usually do and cycle it into this recording, but I also kind of want to I want to just uh Shut the fuck up, Crow. I want to, um... Oh, I got a bunch of movies to watch because I downloaded the whole season of The Boys, which has been fun and and interesting. Almost like as good as Barry or something. It's like... It's like kind of thought-provoking. It challenges the tropes. And so, therefore, it's like really interesting and funny. Kind of. But Barry's different. But in that way, like where... Like I'm not expecting the plot twists at all, usually. But by now, I kind of get it's like this antihero movie where everybody's like a narcissist and they're all assholes. But the good guys are like the vigilantes, basically. And so it's kind of like the tropes are kind of. But it's pretty, um, it's a pretty shocking show, and and it's really it's pretty funny. But it's also just really interesting and fun to watch. I'm definitely a fan. Oh, and then after this is done, I'm probably going to start watching Secession. I'm hoping it's going to come out on time, which I'm really looking forward to. And so, yeah, I do... By the way, I do compliment shows that I like. I mean, there's, you know, sometimes... And even... Even... I don't like Seth Rogen because I think he's a racist. I don't know much about... Well, shit. Uh, Evan Goldberg. I almost lost my can of chili. But uh, I don't like him because he's friends with Seth Rogen. And I think... You know, I've been thinking about it, I'm like, if Seth Rogen would just apologize for his tweet, which said, if you're offended by the word cracker, you you probably are one. Which is a totally racist thing to do. If he would just apologize for that, then I might forgive him. Until he does, though. I fucking think he's an asshole. And a racist. And I think he should be held to the same standards that everybody else is held to, which is, if you say something stupid and racist, you're a racist. But because of the double standard about white people, he gets to do that. While if he had said that about a nigger, if you're offended by the word nigger, you probably are a nigger, he would have been seen as the most blatant racist there ever fucking was. And if he chose any other slur of any other group of people, you know, it would have been just audacious. But because he did it against white people and he's a Jew, he gets to do that. Jews get to say they hate white people, Sarah Jean, all that. Kara Swisher, you know, they're just all a bunch of fucking racists, and they suck as people, and I don't fucking retract that, yet, you know, I want to proceed without being so concerned about one fucking fat Jew, who's a fuck, and all these fucking Jew friends, I don't think his Jew friends are, like, such bastards, after all, I don't know if they would have that same expectation that I have, because they're Jews, they probably think it's funny, or... Maybe they would see the logic at it. I would encourage you guys to ask Seth to fucking apologize for what the fuck he said. But, um, you know, if you guys think that's all fucking funny, well, I will see you in the real world. I have seen you in the real world. And I don't know what that means, but I'm not saying I'm going to practice any kind of violence against you. But you fucking pissed me off really bad. And so I think that, you know, you might want to think about that. I'm not the only person you've probably pissed off, either. And I, you know, I can't imagine working with your dumbasses until that shit is fucking rectified. You guys might think that's nothing, but... uh I think you guys owe white people an apology, essentially. And if you think that's, like, white separatism or nationalism just to say such a thing, well, you're wrong. That's not true. I just wish you guys would have the same decency that everyone else is basically forced to have because not everybody's a Jew you fucking pieces of fucking shit I mean it almost makes me feel vulnerable just that I would make such a demand but you know I I think it's coherent and it's like I mean whether or not you do that like I'll notice and what does that mean? Well, I'm orienting, and, like, I was going to say, I was going to describe, like, the failures I saw today and, like, the systems. Um, I think I'll keep that information private, though. I'm not really in the the mood to, like, go through it all. But, like, I saw, like, what was working and what wasn't working. And um, it's kind of ironic, I'll say that much, because this one system is such a fucking piece of shit. But they put out really good movies. I don't know how that works. There's some kind of organizational problem there. I don't know what that predicts either. Because I think money is just such a joke. Like, everybody, they they have money, like, they're stealing money. And, like, so I think dysfunction is probably evidence that, like, there's some kind of criminality there or something. But yet, really good movies still are made. I'm I'm not really sure about that, honestly, but that's just a sense. Oh, well, I guess I'll just go watch uh, something... Get the fuck off of there. I was just going to say, I think I said it before. I've, like, heard criminals, like, come into the place where I was hanging out. I don't think they are doing it just for me. But they are basically advertising how to launder money and why, like, through low-budget pictures, and it was just, like, so blatant, I was like, man, you've got to be fucking. I mean, they're talking about allegedly past activities, but I'm like, this is fucking confirming everything I've been saying, and it's like, I, that's sometimes why I feel like I'm being surveilled, too, because I'll say some insight like that, and then somebody will, like, come to where I'm at, and, like, give the pitch, that's just, like, the same thing, but I'm like, or maybe it's just such a coincidence, especially when I was in Hollywood. And it's just, like, it's kind of revolting. It is fucking revolting. And, like, just my, my feelings about, like, the drug dealers and stuff, and it's just so persistent. It's, like, it really makes me wonder, like, do I really want to network with all these people? Like, when I see the same kind of activity, like, on their networks and stuff? And I'm, like, I don't think so.
2: First episode of Awards Chatter, the Hollywood Reporter's Awards Podcast. I'm the host, Scott Feinberg, and my guest today is Lulu Wong, the writer and director of the deeply personal dramedy The Farewell, which is one of the most critically acclaimed films of 2019 and the 2019 film with the highest per theater (coughs) average gross. Over the course of our conversation at the offices of The Hollywood Reporter, the 36 year old and I discussed the move from China to America that her parents and she made. Back when she was just six, the close relationship she has always had with her grandmother, Nai Nai, and how it was tested in real life by the circumstances depicted in The Farewell, how her own career evolved from being fired from her job as a producer's intern on the set of 2007's Pineapple Express, to doing coverage for one of the leading producers of Chinese American films, to being ready to quit filmmaking in favor of radio work after struggling to get The Farewell made as a film, but telling the same story on This American Life. How things finally came together with The Farewell and what she has made of and hopes the industry takes away from its tremendous reception, plus much more. But first, I was joined at the offices of The Hollywood Reporter by a fine journalist, This book. American, was in seven. The close relationship she has always had with her grandmother, Nai, Nai and how it was tested in real life by the circumstances depicted in the farewell. How her own career evolved from being fired from her job as a producer's intern on the set of 2007's Pineapple Express.
0: Fired on the set, that's obviously Franco and Rogaine. Those guys are everywhere. Like, give, let Brittany leave Britney alone and let other people make movies, you fucking Jews. To doing
2: coverage for one of the leading producers of Chinese American films to being ready to quit filmmaking in favor of radio work after struggling to get The Farewell made as a film, but telling the same story on This American Life, how things finally came together with The Farewell and what she has made of and hopes the industry takes away from its tremendous reception, plus much more. But first, I was joined at the offices of The Hollywood Reporter by a fine journalist and friend of mine who earlier this month wrapped her two-year term as president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, the group behind the Golden Globes. Mahir thank you for joining us. You're welcome. So you have quite a life story. How did you go, first of all, from India to Brandeis
1: University, where I also went? And I guess let's just start there. I wanted to get out of India. I decided I didn't want my mother's life. So... I applied secretly from my parents to a bunch of universities. I did my SATs and Brandeis was the one that paid everything. Well there were others that um you know I remember Wellesley College offered me a thousand dollar grant and I thought, I'll never be able to pay that back. $1,000 is a lot of money to an Indian, you know, who had pocket money of 30 rupees a month. Well, I was going to ask,
2: like, how did you grow up in India?
1: Well, we were, I guess, a middle-class family. You know, we always had what we needed, but no luxuries. There were seven of us living in a three-bedroom apartment with one bathroom. My mom and dad, my sister and brother, me, my grandmother, and her sister. So I'm
2: guessing, maybe maybe this is a incorrect assumption, but I would guess there probably wasn't much money for movies or things like that?
1: No. I mentioned I had 30 rupees a month as pocket money. Yeah. I don't know what that translates to, but it's probably a dollar or two. Uh, okay. And I had to pay all my bus fares out of that. So not a lot of money. Not a lot. So you get
2: this opportunity to come to Brandeis all expenses paid and what did you decide you wanted to well before I ask you what you studied there that's a big thing you came to the U.S.
1: not knowing anybody I had a host family they were assigned to me and they were wonderful and I'm still in touch with them the funny thing is they actually reconnected with me after they saw me on the stage of the Golden Globes so that was really nice which reminds me I have to get back in touch with them again Yes.
2: So when you're at Brandeis, though, having not, I, I'm assuming, I, I know there's no, there was no film studies major. You know, I'm wondering what you were studying and what you thought your future after Brandeis would be.
1: I was an economic student. I transferred my credit, so I went in as a sophomore and I was in a terrible hurry to graduate. <laughs> but I hung around the theater department all the time. Spangled. And yeah, that's right. <laughs> And if I had done four years I would have graduated with a double major. But I didn't want to. I just wanted to get the hell out and start my life. And so you had your degree was in theatre. In economics. In economics. And
2: at that point when you got your when you left Waltham, what did you think the rest of your
1: life was gonna entail? I wanted to go to drama school. I figured that I pleased my parents. I got the (laughs) degree in economics. Now I was going to do what pleased me. Yeah. So I moved to New York and I checked out, I don't know if I should say this, but what the hell, (laughs) the school with the cheapest fees. Okay. And that happened to be the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. And it it was good enough for Robert Redford, so it was good enough for me. So I went to school during the day and waited tables at night. And I have to say, I think that was one of the happiest times of my life. Really? Yes. Why, why do you think? I don't know. You kind of build a family. When you're in drama school, you do scenes with the people in your class. You bond in a way. You cry together. You laugh together. I'm still in touch with a few people. That's great.
2: And I'm guessing it was around that time that you probably started to fall in love with movies.
1: It was theater at that time. Okay. And that was everything. And then I started to go out on auditions and, you know, you pound pavements like everybody else. But back then there were not too many people that looked like me on stage, in the theater in television. And I did sporadically get work, um, on soap operas, you know, commercials, a few here and there. Mm. But it was never enough to make a living. So I thought I would move to L.A. and try there. And it was the same story. You know, I would get something. You know, I did this amazing um, commercial telephone company. What was it? It was Candice Bergen. It's on YouTube.
2: Yeah,
1: oh, that's a trick. <laughs> and that that earned me some thirty thousand dollars over uh-huh. a couple of years. Wow. Okay, over a couple of years. Yeah, I think that was the most money I ever made yeah. in acting. Yeah, even though I get tiny residuals <laughs> to this day, probably less than the cost of the stamp on the on the letter. So,
2: at a certain point, I'm guessing you decide to drop being in front of audiences and go into the audience and write about other people is that
1: that's right I figured I wanted to be a part of the entertainment industry and if I couldn't act then I thought I would write about it mm-hmm. so I had a connection with an editor in Singapore and he took me on and I was his Hollywood correspondent and then I joined the motion picture association I met my sponsors for the HFBA, Ahmed Latif and Noel de Souza.
2: Well, let's pause for a second and let me just ask you to explain for listeners who may not know, what is the HFPA and how does it operate?
1: All right. We are a trade association of journalists. That is our day job. Every day, pretty much, or at least several times a week, we go to screenings, we have press conferences with every movie and television show and foreign film that is opening. And then we write about it. All of us write for foreign publications. We are the Hollywood Foreign Press, and then we throw this little show at the end of the year <laughs> <laughs> called the Golden Globes. For seventy-six, 76 years. years. We just yeah. had our seventy-sixth, for which we got an Emmy nomination. Congratulations!
2: Thanks yes. You. Do you personally? You no, must. No, no, no.
1: Come on. No.
2: Well, okay. So that's what the that's what the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is. And as Meryl Streep joked when she got her Life Achievement Award, the Cecil B. DeMille Award, a few years ago. Those are pretty much everything that Donald Trump <laughs> dislikes. Hollywood, foreigners, and the press. So uh, <laughs> I think the key to understand here is that there are Americans, many Americans, in the Hollywood foreign press. What it means is that you work for a outlet that is not in the U.S., but the journalist who's the member is based in and around Los Angeles, right? right. And what are the requirements, how does one become a member, and what does one have to do to stay a member?
1: Well, you have to be accredited with the Motion Picture Association. You need to have two sponsors who will bring you in. And then every year, you must be accredited. You have to present a certain number of clippings. Then there are other rules, like you have to you know, attend a certain number of membership meetings. And what year did you join? 2002. Okay, so by the time...
0: Yeah, I stumbled into that place once when I was on Robertson, and they were not very friendly at all. They were fucking lame. I was like, what is this place? You know, I was just like, I'm a journalist. Like, what's what's going on here? And, like, they were all fucking... Basically, as far as I'm concerned, they were being, like, very covert about the fact that they're, like, obviously this, you know, this force in the fucking entertainment industry. And if anybody had given me a straight answer, I might not have had, like, such a bad opinion of them, but... They couldn't even answer me like, and then they're like, how did you get in here? I'm like, well, I walked in the front door and I'm like, you know, just what's up? I'm a journalist. Like, what, like, why does this have to be so weird is what I thought about later. I was like, I mean, I wasn't acting weird at all. I was just like, came in the door. I was looking, you know, around Hollywood, just trying to figure out what was going on. And, um, I'll basically never forget that. You know, like the, a lot of the thing, it's like I don't, I don't like to claim that people are insular without seeing proof of it. And some insularity, I'm sure, is like forgivable. But at the same time, like if a place, if you come in and you have a good attitude, and then like they act like they're all special or something, and and then you find out that they're basically lying to you, they're they've made an adversary. Now I could spend the rest of my life trying to do all that and get into their thing. But it's just like, I just feel so, I find it all to be so revolting, typically. And I know I'm not alone. I mean, there's probably a lot of people that don't like the whole rigmarole of it all. And it's like supposedly like this attribute of maverick directors and stuff to like not be. But the thing is, is I'm willing to, I'm willing to be nice to anybody until they're not being nice to me. And that's, that's like one of my guiding ethos is, ethos is, ethos I is like, as long as they're not being douchebags to me, like I'm trying my best to be nice to them. But after a while, it's like, I basically get a chip on my shoulder. And that's kind of been the history of my life as well as just like a lot of things. And I don't know. I just, I don't know what that means for the long term. It's like, I just don't place a lot of stock or faith in. Well, I could sum it up, too. Like, when I found out that, like, 80% of all Oscar winners are Jews, it was like, why am I ever going to watch that fucking show again? You know, it's like, I don't care. It's like going to a synagogue. It's like, wow, there's a whole bunch of Jews here, but I didn't realize that you were discriminating against whites, and you have your token blacks. They have an over-representation of black winners, but whites are actually underrepresented in the Oscar lineup, like, substantially. And, uh... It's a racket. Like, what a racket. And sag after and all that shit. Like, I just can't look at it the same way after that. It's like, there's something wrong with that. And if you don't see that, then you're a Jew. You're probably a Jew. Or you're an idiot. And I'll just always maintain that. It's like, if you don't see, like, what's wrong with that picture, you're a fucking idiot. Or you're a Jew. Or you're both. And it's like, man. That sucks. So what's left? What is left? I don't even know if I want to listen to these people anymore. You had
2: joined. The HFPA and the Golden Globes had a long and kind of interesting history that I think is important to just touch upon because we can illustrate how far things have come. So for a lot of people, I guess maybe the starting in the 70s or 80s, there were some questions about the Globes. There was this whole Pia Zadora thing where she was the best newcomer over some over some people who people assumed would would be more likely to win there were some weird nights where two or three major awards tied and people wondered if that was even legitimate and actually for a few years the golden globes were not allowed on the air right because there was there were some quite sorry i think the quiz show legacy where if you know if something's presented as a competition that's legitimate but it's there's questions about it you can't
0: How can I almost guarantee you that she's going to skip answering this question by not referring to anything he's talking to about?
1: Be on the air. Well, I think one of the networks didn't renew our contract, and that's when Dick Clark stepped in. Okay. And that began our long association with them. Dick Clark Productions. Right. And so then we were back
0: on the air. So really Uh it... Well, Dick Clark came and saved the day. There was no such thing as corruption.
2: Last in this century, the since the turn of the century, things have been increasingly, in my, you know, view, getting better and better to the point where your presidency these last two years have been probably the least problematic of uh, of any that I can recall. And I want to just ask you why that is. What are some of the things that the organizations become more conscious about and try to do differently or better or whatever?
1: Well, as we've grown and, you know, we are a lot in the public eye and I was very conscious of that. And I made sure that, you know, we did things in a very professional way. And I'm not saying that, you know, I was the first one to do it. Obviously, the presidents that went before me all did their part, and I was just trying to make sure that we stayed on that track, and hopefully I succeeded.
2: Uh, Well, I want to ask about some of the interesting innovations and things that happened during your term. For many years, there's been the Cecil B. DeMille Award recognizing life achievement, career achievement on the film side of things, but one of the cool things about the Golden Globes is you recognize both film and television, and so it was a little odd
1: that there wasn't a television equivalent. What did you do to change that? Well, we established the Carol Burnett Award. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I'm proudest of. Um, We were beside ourselves when she agreed. And in any case, I just did a podcast with her. Ah, That's so exciting. It's on iTunes and the HFPA website, goldenclothes.com, if anybody wants to check it out. But um, it was a no-brainer for us, and we wanted to have the symmetry of naming it after the
0: first recipient. So,
1: and
0: it's going to be every year. I was. will be back later. Hey. Yeah, so, uh, what is the likelihood that anything I actually say will be listened to or. Is this really the best use of my time, otherwise I'd just be laying here i I like, can't really muster up any other energy i mean I'm you know it's that time of day and um I have some movies I want to watch. I made some movies, you know nothing more than just some I didn't really act today. I spoke about the production company and then i i did a little actually I did a little bit of reading I did my dialogue. Because I had a little bit of dialogue on my phone, so I, I read some it, which is, you know, that's progress. Yesterday, I didn't have any dialogue on my phone. And I was, you know, I'm glad to start reading some of my movies. I did that, like, as a chore, basically, because, like, I didn't feel like doing that. But I'm trying to, you know, get that part of it rolling. Like, I want people to start reading my scripts and recording themselves doing it. And, uh, see so the, you know, start to build that way towards outcomes, but I'm, I'm actually pretty fucking exhausted right now. And so I don't really have, uh, I feel like, you know, I feel pretty good about what I'm doing. Like, I feel like I'm doing it, but I'm also feeling a little uncomfortable about it. Cause I'm like, Ugh. like some of this stuff I don't even really want to do. But I think the one thing that I, that I, I feel satisfied is that the cumulative effort is slowly but surely producing more effect. And so I applied to a lot of, uh, companies today. No, three of them actually. The three, I call them like the three main companies. Um, I'm not on video right now. I feel like embarrassed saying this on video, but I'll say it on audio. I applied to HBO. I applied to Amazon and I applied a little bit to Netflix too. And I've applied to Netflix before, but it's like, I'm always doing this thing where I just like throw my work at them, and I don't really identify myself because I'm like, I want them to, you know, respond to my work. I don't want to give them my whole life's history, you know. That's just the way I do it. And if, you know, if it's not going to work with them, it's not going to work. I don't give a fuck. But if I hope that my work impresses somebody out there, and somebody's like, "Oh, hey, like, look at this work. It's he's actually making stuff. Like, isn't that kind of relevant?" And maybe somebody will tell somebody, maybe it'll it'll get to the right people. Meanwhile, I mean, the names of my movies, you know, I mean, not everything is even coherent. I mean, my front page, like could use more work and like I was going to work more, but it's like I always run out of time, but I do what I can and I want to do, I want to finish doing like plot points for every project at least. And then, because um, some of it's, like, even incoherent. They're, like, acronyms. You you might not even have any idea what that is. Even if you search for it, you might not understand what's going on. But some of them are developing pretty good. You know, there's, like, plot points, script, other information that can be seen as, like, contextual for a creative or a writer. Uh, I don't want to think about it too much. And like I'm sort of wondering, like, if I really even want to do these movies and stuff. Like, I don't know, I don't know how to. I just feel kind of weird about it all. Like, maybe it's time for me to take a nap or something. Because usually when I get to this kind of feeling, I'm like, it's just time for me to take a nap. When I'm feeling kind of cranky or grumpy about my stuff. I mean, I had a coffee today for the first time in like four days. It was all right. You know my emotions were a little bit messed up today, and but nothing was too bad. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think I got mad at anybody. Bought some food. I said thank you. I went to uh, lunch. I was pretty low key in the library. I had loose fitting clothes on. That was the major difference today. I like wearing my loose fitting clothing. Um. Yeah, and then I came back and ate a lot, and then tried to continue the video procedure. I've been producing the podcast regularly, like almost every day, which is fine by me. I mean, as long as it's you know it's regular. I mean, it it doesn't take me that long to produce it. It takes it takes about like fifteen minutes, it seems like, but um, along with all the time I spend talking, but all the time I spend talking is more like. I'd be thinking anyway, so it's like, I don't know, you know, I'm like, maybe there's other things I could be doing with my life, but right now I'm just, I'm really interested in doing the music promotion, and try to do some new projects with music, and then this, now I'm back on the motion picture thing a little bit more, and, uh, you know, if it starts to work, it'll start to work, I'll notice, it'll be like, I'll connect with anybody who's like, oh, I took a look at your projects, they're interesting. Like, I, I want to get involved somehow. And maybe it's just way too far-fetched. I mean, I'm I'm calculating against, like, all these other norms, you know? Like, all the the unions, SAG-AFTRA, and, like, what's that other union? Casting, I think it is. Wait, what was that? It's, like, a casting... Uh, there's this girl I knew. She was, like, a casting agent, but it seems like she wouldn't get back to me, but she was, like, not allowed to and stuff. And I'm thinking about stuff like that, like the guilds and like, they're sort of like exclusive, but like people like, you know, they pay a lot of money to be in them and then like they want to pretend like there's no such thing as other people or something. I I think that's part of the racket. I don't know exactly how it all works, but so if I'm like looking for professional people, but then I come up against the gilded people, I don't know if they're, you know, if anybody's going to really step out of that and just, and I feel like it's all a fucking hoax really. Like, I feel like a lot of people who are, like, in the guilds are just, like, they just wasted their fucking money. And so there's a big part of me that, like, the phrase is disintermediating. Like, and I hate that fucking phrase. I'm sick of fucking saying shit like that. But I really kind of feel like I could do this all so much more cheaply. But at some point, it's, like, basically organized crime is in the unions. And, I mean, organized crime, I mean, you got to think it's, it's like, all throughout the movies, too, because they're all about drug dealing and stuff, so... But maybe there's like a sweet spot or something where maybe I can find people who are not in organized crime and maybe I can find people who aren't communists and maybe I can find some intelligent people and some comedians and stuff that, you know, most comedians that are already on stage are going to be Jewish. I mean, it's already going to be like that, but it's possible that I'll find some intelligent Jews who have a sense of humor about World War Two and like what is actually true but a lot of them are just going to be fucking buttholes because a lot of fucking Jews are just nepotistic buttholes and they're just happy as fuck to just do their stupid hate whitey routines. And like, you know, they just, that's all they, they're all the same, but I'm, I'm imagining out there. There's a few that are like different. Then I just have to worry that if they came in on this thing, that they're either going to troll me or fucking set me up or something. But, I'm pretty, you know, I'm not gonna say I'm an absolutely astute judge of character, but I might be able to tell. And again, like I'll be working remotely for most of the time anyway. So it's like, all they have to do is produce some rough drafts on record. And then, you know, I'll have that not like it's blackmail, but, you know, if they want to play the role, they can play the role. If they don't want to play the role, then don't play the role. If they don't get it, you know, then, you know, there's plenty of Jews that don't get this kind of shit. They're total bastards that are paid by the Rockefellers or paid by some other fucking gang of fucking Jews. I mean, I've seen it. I've been studying the news, like, nonstop for the past, you know, several years. And I've seen all kinds of fucking bullshit. Twitter people, their blue check marks and all that shit. Like, I've seen it. And, like, I've just seen the themes. Like, people are just, you know... They're paid. And they get their fucking messages from whatever is the elders of Zion. It's just, it's so obvious. Like, they're just all of the same feather. And their mentality is all of the same feather. They're just the same. Same, 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 same. Orange man, bad, same. And it's just, oh, God, it's just so boring. But, you know, I hope that somebody would turn out there. But the thing is, is, you know, it's a rare person. I would hate to say this or, you know, uh, let me repeat or go through that. It's like, I'm not everybody's like me. It's, I didn't want to say it that way, but like, I'm, I have to deal with like, you know, a situation where my lifestyle is way different than most people's. And that, I think that's the cost of being an independent thinker or like being too serious about anything, which is what I had to be because I was devoted to the truth. And like, I think it kind of, you know, explains like why I am where I am in life. Like I have to avoid so many deceivers out there. It's just, it doesn't work. So, I mean, I get the whole paradigm is like, everybody's caught up in this fucking fraud. The world is a fraud. America's a fraud. It's all a fraud. So people have to support the fraud emotionally and mentally, or else they couldn't maintain their position in it. That's pretty much how I feel about it right now, so, yeah, it's probably going to be some rare people who are really outside of it, and then, I don't know exactly what I'm looking for, because, you know, maybe if people are too far outside of it, too, they might be too chaotic or incoherent to even, you know, muster up the attention necessary to sustain the pursuit of the outcome. And I can imagine that as well, and including me. Like I'm having a hard time just typing the scripts. But I did look back on Project Number Two, and I was like, "Oh, there's more there than I thought there was." And while some of it was just seemed to be just like some random, you know, stuff that's not even related to the plot. I'm like, you know what? No, this could, I can could work this in. And so I'm like, I, I could just work this in if I thought about it, how to connect all these plot points. But I don't know. It's like, I'm like, eh, it doesn't really seem related, but at the same time, at least I got something to work with. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, it would just be played differently. And then I was like, even thinking of the actors, I had them as characters in my movie. And then I was like, wait, I'll just get them to play play themselves. Maybe they will. Maybe then they'll start to see the sense of humor. I mean, I still kind of have faith in this one guy and maybe this other guy who I've, I've seen both of them in the real world. And, uh, you know, it's like, I can... We're about the same age. Like, I kind of get the feeling that if we met, or at least we talked about it somehow, that theoretically uh, we could kind of see eye to eye over the humor. Of course, they're good at, you know, trolling people too. So, I mean... I mean, it... They could try to troll me, but that's the thing about the truth is that, after all, if they try to troll against a scholar, it's like, well, you know, you're, you're going to end up just being a douchebag. But, you know, that doesn't mean that I won't get, like, ridiculed in the process and or just, like, exposed or, like, seen, shown, you know, the light of the mass media against me or something or framed or killed or hit, whatever. So, I kind of have to balance my, like, hope for combination with, like, some realistic and some just, whatever, fierce paranoia. I mean, it's not that I don't trust everybody. It's just that there's some people that I think are, you know, I wouldn't really want to trust them at first glance. Not unless they really kind of prove themselves to be. I and mean, once again, it's like all they got to do is produce footage. Give me any kind of footage of themselves doing the roles, and then I'm like, okay, well, you're doing it. And if they want to troll past that, at least, like, I've got footage. And, I mean, by the way, the once the footage is mine, I mean, the verbal agreement is that it's, it can be used in a final project that may be commercialized. I mean, that should be, like, essentially assumed, I think, but... And I will share, if there is ever a revenue achievement I will share, I don't know how much, but it looks like NFCF is taking 10% of all gross. And, you know, that might be uncustomary for me to just announce that. That's not that much, actually. But uh, if I could get a solid 10% of all gross, of all revenue, including sale of the picture or whatever, I'll share that with whatever talent, you know. But, I don't know, maybe I should look for more. Next takes 10%, maybe NFCF takes 40 so it kind of depends on who makes the sale and how they make the sale and if it's possible to make a sale. Meanwhile, I keep going back to this thought, but I'm like, oh yeah, these movies, I don't think they're going to get sold to these platforms because platforms are run by politically correct people. And, like, nobody wants a Nazi picture. Nobody wants, even if it's a comedy, unless the Nazis are getting beat up. Just, like, what was that movie? Tarantino. And everybody loved that movie. Oh, yeah, like, brutally murder the... the Germans, they're Nazis, kill them, yay, it's so awesome, kill them with clubs, bash their brains in, they're Nazis, (laughs) ha ha ha, yay! But that's just fucking Tarantino sucking up to the Jews like a total bitch, total fucking bitch. Yo, Quentin Tarantino, you're a total fucking bitch to the Jews, bro. You are such a fucking marionette. You had to make your little fucking picture for the Jews. So they'd pay for your other bullshit, man. That was garbage. That's fucking garbage. Nobody in Hollywood makes anything really good. You know, sometimes I'll laugh at their shit. There's another show. Oh yeah, the latest show is uh, Blood and Treasure, which I've enjoyed a lot. But every almost every episode is peppered with this anti-Nazi routine. That's just it's like some Jew is writing it in there. They might have been. Uh, This podcast I listen to talks about the Lear Foundation, but they're usually involving tropes or um, themes that are, like, pro-vaccination and stuff like that, like, anti-conspiracy or theory or whatever the fuck. Anti-money laundering. Who knows? Like, anti-Bitcoin. I'm not sure what their themes are, but they're, like, establishment norms that they, like, push into a lot of scripts and stuff, apparently, according to what these guys say. I don't know that to be true for sure, but they talk about it enough like they know, they just never quite refer to, like, what what it is, but, uh, likewise, this other script is just, like, this, like, enduring anti-German, anti-Nazi thing, it's just, it's so pedestrian, I don't even, I never call anything pedestrian, it's so quotidian, it's so banal, it's literally so routine, it's just, like, er, I don't know if I used any of those words right, but it's almost funnier if I just say it like that. It's so damn antiquarian. I don't know. I mean, and how are you going to transcend that? You've got to make it outside of their fucking system, unless they want to make it with you. But these gerbil-like fucking rodent Jews that are all, like, curled up in their studio, they're all, like, just these little... And they're related to their cousins at Goldman Sachs and the fiscal... I heard of Goldman Sachs is in trouble. They said Deutsche Bank actually went out of business. So, no, not that it went out of business, but it actually cracked finally, I think. And then, oh yeah, the same podcast said that Goldman Sachs is in trouble now. Or the rumor is. That would be funny. Goldman Sachs, by the way, they bought Poloniex and Circle in the cryptosphere. It's, they made them both suck. They just made them both suck. They suck. I'm just telling you, they suck. You don't have to take my word for it, but... I know they suck. They suck. I've used them. They, they suck. You can't even use one of them now. Without compliance for like micro amounts of fucking money. It's stupid. And then Goldman Sachs I heard was behind the Apple money pay rail. That's intriguing as well. If, if Goldman Sachs is really in trouble but they just interface with Apple. I'm starting to think Apple is really in trouble. I mean, well you know, the chief design guy left and I heard, I saw this one article that said they were going to replace Tim Cook but Maybe none of that's true, but it's like... iPhone sales are lagging. They don't seem to have any new product. They have that, the watch. But I don't think they're making that like as good as it could be. But enough about them. They deplatformed Alex Jones. That, to me, was like the... The beginning of the end, for my respect for that platform. Or that company. I'd never really liked him, actually, but... Anyway, who cares what I think. I'm just sort of like expressing some opinions about, like, what is, literally what is. What I was on HBO looking at their page, we got 173 nominations for the Emmys. It's like, how many fucking nominations are there? And it's funny, I was watching this old clip of Harvey Weinstein before he was Me too and there was this joke, I guess it was from uh, Ricky Gervais, and he said something like, it was something about how they paid to get nominated or paid to win. But I i honestly can't remember the joke. It was delivered really well. Ricky Gervais is pretty damn funny, I gotta say. But um it's funny because you had Harvey Weinstein. He was laughing the hardest out of the whole audience, it seemed like. I thought that was funny. But yeah, I mean, it's just like everybody loves you until you get Me tooed, And then they like threw you under the bus. Me Too was, like, everything against all the Jews. And it was, like, the distributors shake up. Like, either it was a tactic, Sherry Redstone against Les Moonves. I found out that Les Moonves was, like, the grandson of an Israeli. Maybe commander or something, but at least grandson of an Israeli. uh, Who knows? But, like, they all are. I mean, it's, like, Israel is Hollywood, is Israel. So how do you make movies that make fun of Jews? I mean, basically I got to make them on my own. And how do I find actors that are like even capable of making a joke about Jews without like fearing the rest of their lives that they'll never get hired again. It's just like, man, what is it? Like? It's like the, it's like the house on American activities. It's like they're threat. They're, you know, they're Instead of being worried of being labeled a communist, they're completely worried about being labeled an anti-Semite. But maybe some people aren't. You would think that some people are autonomous, but everybody's fucking cooked. Because nobody can go, like, really hardcore. You have to th- I mean, unless you live like me. Or you can be, like, pretty tough and, like, get outside of it somehow, but I don't know. You know, people are stuck in paradigms. They're stuck in economic relationships. Anyway, so, yeah, back to, like, I'm being kind of pessimistic about some of my shows. Some of them, I'm like, okay, well, I could probably get somebody to start scripting on some of these other ones that are less about that stuff. But I have two movies that are kind of like that, and they're kind of the ones I'm most passionate about. I mean, Doggy Side is pretty much just nonsense, and then Robots Rule the World is nothing too controversial. Abgom is pretty controversial. Uh, If I go with the original thing where there's a lot of race jokes, which I think would be good, but... um, I don't even know what what a funny joke would be, though, along those lines. I don't know. Maybe I thought... Like, I thought that it would be funny to have all the girls of different colors, like, being basically racist to each other or something like that. Like, being, talking about, like, the the alleged, you know, preference for light-skinned females, even in the African-American community and stuff. But, I mean, I don't know if that's true, but I just thought that a lot of jokes about that stuff would be kind of funny that were just, like, not your common jokes, but just like a little crazier, a little more honest and stuff, but I can't even think of a joke like that, so I don't know how I I don't know, I was hoping other people would write those jokes But, um, I know it'd be funny if I laughed at it I just, I can't quite think of like what would be a funny joke about that Okay, I got one, it's pretty funny Yeah, I got another one. It's pretty funny. Then there's uh, Porn Star Buddha Macho Man. Mostly innocuous jokes. Not really too controversial. I haven't thought much about what a plot would be. It's more like a a theme. Actually, there was another comedian who did that same joke, I think, basically. Uh, It's not quite the same. I don't know. I don't really have any plot points for that one. It's more just like a theme. <sighs>
1: I don't
0: know. Oh. I was just thinking about that movie called Guru, I think, that was made by what's his name? Mike Myers. And then he did Fat Bastard, right? Was that a full movie or was that just Guru though? It was like it was all built up and it was like right after Austin Powers, I think, but I don't know if it was a flop. I never saw it. But I was just trying to think. I'm like, yeah, I don't think that one did very good. And then, like, shortly thereafter, it was like Mike Myers just was not a big star anymore. And I was like, I was starting to wonder, like, why would people be so into Austin Powers, but like not so into the next one? And was it only because the the next character had long hair and he looked like a hippie? And maybe people just thought, you know, Austin Powers was so funny. But maybe it had a lot to do with Elizabeth Hurley too. Or maybe, who knows, did that movie, did it get the same kind of promotion? Or Those are interesting questions, kind of. But I don't know, a lot of that seems like way beyond me. You know, like, like I'll never get to that point. Or like it's completely irrelevant. But at the same time, to try to script for something that will be kind of popular, I guess, is like... I don't know. There's something like contrarian, I guess, about the way I do it. Like I want to make scripts that haven't been made, like, I wanna, but I also believe that, like, a really fucking funny movie usually is, like, gonna be, like, not what people want, you know, like, jokes, they have to be fucking, you know, controversial, basically, to be funny, but, um, maybe I'm talking too much about it, and I should just write it, you know, but, I'm also just trying to predict, like, where do I want to invest my energy, you know, it's like, do I want to make something that nobody's going to get, or that nobody's going to want to do, because, I mean, I could just, like, write a funny story, too, and, like, at least I'd have the funny story, even if no one wanted to act in it, but, I mean, the script itself is, like, you know, basically a story, but, um, not quite sure what the answer to all that is, honestly. But uh one day at a time, at least I'm producing, you know, and, like, I'm having fun, like, um I kind of complained about this one kid that I was in this email thread with, I think it's a kid, I don't know, maybe, and I said something kind of challenging, because I was like, yeah, fuck, this guy said this thing, and I was like, this is, like, a tactic, and I'm like, I'm not feeling this, this is some bullshit, this is, like, anti-producer sentiment, and I'm like, fuck that, you know? You you think you can do better than me? Then do something better. Show me something. Until then, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to psychoanalyze me. <laughs> but if that's his thing, I mean, I'm still trying to be friendly, but it's just, it kind of, I guess it reminds me of, like, other people who have said stupid shit like that, who have basically interfered with production and just gone on to not produce. I mean, and I've seen it so many times. Like, I've seen the patterns. But, you know, maybe that's what people have to do. They have to fucking complain about a producer, and then they have to fucking... Go off and you know. Usually, maybe they need to make a kid. That's something to do. I mean, that's a productive thing. But it's not being in a movie. Maybe someone has to go back to work. Go the fuck back to work. You know, it's like I've seen a I've seen a hundred hundred people go back to work after trying to work with me. and They got to go back to work. Because they got to go back to work. They got to be normal. They got to pay rent, they gotta please their girlfriend, they gotta go to their job, they can't stay out too late, they can't, they can only hang out once a week, they can, you know, there's so many things that people have to do. I'm not even mad about it, I'm just saying, it's like, to produce, it's like, and especially like, where I'm trying to produce, which is like, to actually step up a notch. It also feels at times like I'm just doing this because I have nothing else to do in my life, I'm like, it's hard to kind of keep, um, a positive outlook on that, but I'm like, you know, it's also optional. Like, I mean, I'm lucky that I'm not in jail. I'm lucky I'm not dead, and I am sober, and I do have happy days, you know, just kind of doing it, but if I'm not doing a project, like, I'm kind of like, I'm like, "Eh, you know, life is pretty fucking boring, but, and I also, you know, I like to stay, I like to stay busy, so I don't have to think about getting drunk, or using drugs, but like, I could be working more on getting a girlfriend, I guess, but, like, I look around and stuff. I'm just, like, I don't know. I just, you know, I don't really like to assess it all just upon, like, random people I meet. But I did meet this one girl, but she's, like, still on hallucinogens and stuff. And the other girl I had a crush on, I still kind of like her out. Tomorrow night, if I remember, I should go to the fucking open mic. But I don't know if I really want to. Because, like, I saw her, I thought she looked drunk. And I know she's kind of, like politically correct and stuff but like I used to kind of be like that but it was like man even at that place I remember at this one open mic I don't know if it's exactly the open mic or this other thing that I go this is a queer friendly open mic so if you're straight white man sis like we actually want to let other people have time for the stage like that was actually her like she literally does that kind of shit so she's racist against white men because oh we're overrepresented in the world. And so therefore only trans people are allowed on her stage or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, unless you're bi. Or it's like, Oh, are you bi? And it's like, yeah, I'm bi. I'm bi. But I don't remember exactly, but I can kind of remember in the past that there was something like that. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I don't get to play because I'm a white man who's cis. This fucking word they call me. You're cis. Your sis. And that's what it's like. That is what it's like. And so a guy like me, if I want to produce and I want to actually perform, like I pretty much have to make my own show because I'm literally like not allowed to perform at the fucking faggot communist platform. That's fucking true. That's true. <sighs> and it, it it's not just that It's not that I entirely disagree with her idea that maybe underrepresented people, like, you might want to give them more of an opportunity, but it's like the nexus of that all. So everybody gangs up against Whitey, and then Whitey has to go off to this other place when he wants to play, and so Whitey only gets to hang out with Whitey. And that makes this whole thing, this whole schism that never had to be. But some communists literally made it that way. because they own the stages, because they own the airwaves, because they own this, they own that, and they own this. And then if I do my own platform, it's like, oh, why are you sending me links to this insecure website? These poisonous links. And I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. I look at these websites on every fucking computer I sit down on, you're fucking crazy, dude. You're crazy. Or you're a fucking system admin, or you're trying to sell me hosting. So these random fucking people I get on Craigslist, like, They're either, they're basically just critics and they're critics like on these stupid things. If I listen to those people, I'd be spending forever trying to get the right website that they thought was good. And then they'd never get back to me anyway. If I listen to these people, I'd never produce anything myself. I'd have to go pay someone else. I'd have to go get a job at Taco Bell or whatever Trader Joe's and work like 80 hour shifts for like five years to be able to afford somebody else to fucking shoot my picture. And I would come out with the same shit that I can do for free. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
3: And me, Abidesi Osinzadeh. We're the hosts
2: of Product Hunt Radio,
1: a show where we interview the founders, investors, creators, and makers that are shaping the future of tech.
2: On our show, we had open conversations with The Atlantic's Table Lorenz about the future of social media, and Girl boss's Sophia Amoroso about the power of online communities.
3: Music, tech, and Tiffany's About the future of social networking for Jeff About kind of a gross conflict, which is that the brand was like maybe like a secret men's rights activist.
0: Huh. Oh, just to prove my point. Now they're mocking men who are pro men.
3: For some reason, <laughs> about your friends, <laughs> so they had a huge falling out. No longer friends, effectively enemies. Like this guy, a close friend, and you don't feel like. Watching their close friend Mm -hmm. content. And they can see that. They can be like, I added Ashley to my close friends list and she never watches it. Mm Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. I would like to say that I did find one instance of drama. Okay. Tell the drama. Recently, I was on a first date, we were talking about a mutual acquaintance, I would say. A person I am acquainted with only via Twitter DMs. Mm. They were best friends. Best, best friends. Had a huge falling out about kind of a gross conflict, which is that the friend was like maybe like a secret men's rights activist (laughs) or something. So they. (laughs) friends (laughs) Friends, <laughs> so they had a huge falling out. No longer friends, effectively enemies. Like this guy used the word enemies, and then we were standing at the bar, it was like paying my tab, and he opened his Instagram like oh my god bleep redacted name just added me to his close friends list like I think as an act of war like an act of like mental warfare (laughs) sort of like I know you don't like me but I'm gonna make you feel guilty yeah but it seemed like it was a very mutual falling out like neither of them wanted to be friends anymore so it was also just like I'm not your friend don't talk to me please continue
0: Wow, yeah, I can't really get super riled up about that. But isn't that random that I was just talking about an anti-manist mentality, and I like flipped into this podcast, and there they were talking about anti-manist philosophy again or anti-man. Is that just like an, a random indication of how prevalent the norm is? Where like, and yeah, I don't even want to go into it. Like, I usually give away so much information. But I know that network, like I talked to my friend about it and he's all, don't forget that they have a staunch pro-feminist thing, which is an anti-family thing. And so to be pro-man is to like, be like, oh, somehow that's like really bad to be like, oh, I believe in men and men have rights too. And again, it's like every time someone like me even just claims, like when they made that thing called, it's okay to be white. It was like the most innocuous statement. Like I remember all the articles that came out of it that were like, oh, this horrific white supremacist rhetoric. How dare they say it's okay to be white? These racists. And I mean, it's obviously a very innocuous, very low key reminder that like it's it's not just a horrible thing to be a white person it's just because that's the way they make it so when they say it's okay to be white it's like (gasps) apparently people actually think that that's like so racist or horrible How, how horrible is it then that it's like that that something so innocuous is like perceived to be something so bad by some people it's okay to be white huh I don't know I don't get it Sometimes, like, I can't believe, like, how fucked up everybody is. I just feel like that's sort of the the root of my comedy is, like, and I know I'm not the only person. There's this whole, like, backlash against all this. And I guess I'm looking for people who are kind of, like, cognizant of the backlash and, like, the hypocrisies and the double standards and stuff. And if they have, like, even a more, like, a differentiated opinion of mine, as long as there's, like, commonality and they can work, I don't know, I mean, I almost don't even care if they produce other characters in the scripts that are more to a different ideology. But, um... I don't know, I mean, I guess... And then we could also put up finances, and then, like, if you want it to come out with a happy ending towards a progressive mentality, then you're basically gonna have to pay, aren't you? So... And I mean, I might have to compromise, but it's like, I i don't know if I really need to compromise. Like I said, if, if I don't want to make, if these scripts aren't going to be made with people and crew and stuff, like if nobody out there wants to make them, then maybe I'll just make cartoons or memes. I'll just go back to meming. Meming is so easy. Maybe I don't even need to produce anymore. Yeah. I'm with me on that. <laughs> I'm a narcissist. I'm a white separatist. <laughs> yeah. No. Never was. Never planning to be. But yeah. I feel ostracized at times for sure because it's like Yeah, you know, there's just like this thing. Like people are just like Oh, you're a white male? You're straight? <gasps> How dare you? Or you're awful. You're a racist. It's like, oh, that's so funny because I tried so hard not to be a racist, but now I am a racist because I just don't give a fuck about you anymore. And I just laugh every fucking time. There's like some crazy ass drama that like proves that some people are total fucking idiots. And I'm just like, God, man, that's fucking funny. And I'm so glad I'm not trying to like stifle my fucking laughter anymore. Maybe I always have been racist. I really don't think that's true, though. But, like, for example, when I'm watching videos of black chicks at McDonald's, like, trying to beat up the fucking people behind the counter who would have served them food. I mean, what's, like, not racist about that? You get a gang of black people trying to beat up the Mexicans that are working there. And they're acting like total apes. I mean, you can watch these videos over and over and over. And it's like, why is that such a common phenomenon? Go ahead and answer the question. I don't fucking know the answer. I've just seen it. Oh, man, I'm tired. I don't want to talk about racism. I usually don't. I don't want to try to justify my opinions. I usually don't. But again, that seems like part of, like, the requisite or the required fucking deference to the majority now is to, like, cuck myself, essentially, and then just, like... Oh, please step on my balls! I just happen to be straight and white and cis, and please, I'm so sorry I exist, but um, please, um, please be in my movie. Please give me my stapler back. I got some good movies to watch. I'm fucking mad right now. What is today? Wednesday. I didn't, I didn't get any good content today. Tomorrow some podcasts come out, but then. I'd have to be making fun of these people. Well, I made some movies, so that was good. I've made podcasts all week. Uh, I've done web design all week. I don't know. I just kind of wonder. I should probably just, like, relax and say to myself that, you know what? At least I'm trying. I'm producing. I'm doing the pre-production stuff. Like, I'm trying. I've done a lot of publishing on Craigslist and stuff. I've got I've got a bunch of feedback. But um not all of it has really gone anywhere, but at least I've gotten some feedback and stuff, so. And uh you know, I'm trying to not go back to West Hollywood cuz I don't really want to go down there to work this year. I want to stay here. And I'm trying this new thing. And um I did really well on the music business thing, too, all last week, Um, which I almost don't want to take credit for, but I made, like, a cool channel, and it's like, yeah, it's a lot of other people's work, but it's like a compilation, maybe I'll come back to that, too, but... Maybe I won't tour ever again. You know, maybe I'll just fucking share files through this cyberspace. I mean, it seems like it's just easier to do that. And, like, it's, like, way more cost-effective. And it's almost just as fun. Like, I like hearing people's work. You know, I like sharing people's work. I like making web designs that seem to be... Like, in some ways, it's kind of old-fashioned. But in some ways, it's kind of new fashion. Like, I don't know. The way I'm doing stuff nowadays, it's like... I kind of went retro, but it kind of feels futuristic. It's like mobile-first, offline-friendly, you know, zipped-up... Yeah, zip files, basically. is one way to do it. QR codes, too. Animated GIFs. I mean, anyway, there's a lot of fun stuff I've been doing with the web designs. And, like, I'm just having a blast not even being on social media, basically, because... I only try to get on social media to try to get people to look at my stuff, but that's, like, incredibly frustrating because stupid social media suck ass. And they're, like, completely antagonistic to people, like, getting off of their platforms and, like, using the rest of the web. It does seem very clearly. And so I think I have more fun just trying to get people on Craigslist. You know, and I got... One guy got back on my music platform, so I know it works, you know, and it's like... I just want to keep doing that. Like I want to keep strengthening like my IP or intellectual property, even if it's open source in a way, it's not really copyrighted. I'm never going to be able to really keep it, but I just have my own thing. You know, it's like, I just want to keep doing that because that's like getting closer to producing, you know, more of my own stuff, but in collaboration with others, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And like, I welcome all types of people. I mean, I've got a role in probably my movies for almost anybody. So, if you're an actor or an actress, if you have distinct political opinions or not, I mean, I'd probably challenge you to subvert your own paradigms a few times, but I can be challenged as well. So, I mean, you know. But there's a lot of roles... I've just seen, like, how it's been done before by these other fucking assholes who, like, I was saying, this one guy, he's, like, all popular and shit. Like, he won this award and he won that award. And he fucking was, he was casting for white racists. Like, he, he wants you to play a poor white racist. And he wants you to bring your own car. Like, that's necessary for his fucking joke. Like, he can't make his joke against white people unless he has some racists in his fucking comedy. And it's just, it it just kind of was telling or something. It's like, wow, they've got to invent that to make it look like, you know, but that's, you know, that's fiction. But it's like, it has this effect upon the populace at large where it's like, oh, well, so they make it look like that. And then everybody has to think that that's true, sort of. But... A lot of people know that it's not true. And there's like this growing, you know, Fediverse or whatever of other people who are out there. And they are fucking pissed. They are fucking pissed. That's why I pretty much predict Trump winning 2020, but I'm not absolutely sure. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's just like way Republican. Like fucking. I saw this meme that it said, like, what are you voting next election? Democrat or Nazi? It was like blue and red blue Democrat or red Nazi, and I was like, Nazi, Sig Heil, Sig Heil, and I am not the only one, like, I'm not the only one at all, like, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I don't think that all this stuff that they've been doing, like, the Democrats and stuff, and all this anti-white stuff that they've been doing, I don't think it's actually going to catch on, I think what they've done instead is they've probably made white people, like, way more militant, and way more conscious of, like, what's being, what's going on, I don't know if I'm a representative example, because, like, I've been, like, turned around, like, at least 180 degrees. But I'm not, like, homicidal at all. But I'm pissed about a lot of fucking cultural bullshit. And, like, I can just point to all these times in my life where I'm like, man, they've been racist against me, like, the whole time. You know, and it's just like, Wow. But all that is really just sort of a It feels like a prerequisite to discuss, like, how I'm trying to organize these pictures and whether or not I'm trying to be, like, real about whether or not, like, I even have a chance of making them. I definitely don't think I really have a good chance of getting picked up by any of the major Jewish-owned networks because of everything I've said, but it's possible someone would go out on a limb for me, but that's why I bring up that guy, Roy Price, as I sent off to this one guy, I said, well, I think he was Me too because Man in the High Castle interfered with the Holocaust reparation rackets. And, I mean, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. But it's kind of a deep statement, but I don't know if I want to go into all that right now. But I've been talking about that kind of stuff for a long time. And, like, that would also imply that the Philip K. Dick daughter actually didn't quite say what she was reported as saying. And it was never even, like, ever examined. Like, when the guy said, you will love my dick. What if he was making a joke about Philip K. Dick? Like, you will love my version of Philip K. Dick. Like, you will love my dick. I mean, maybe he was totally drunk when he said it, but... And maybe, on the other hand, maybe he was, like, literally talking about his dick. And maybe the guy was just a lunatic. That's totally possible. But I just thought that... And I mean, it wasn't like he was replaced by anybody but another, like a Jew, not another Jew, but just, so it was like, I don't know, do you think there's any, does that hold any water? I mean, was Man in the High Castle like such a transformative picture that like they had to like get rid of the staff that was capable of allowing something that didn't fit into the Schindler's List paradigm? Because, I mean, they are very much into, you know, keeping the Holocaust, like, on the top of everybody's brain all the time. But, yeah, who would I be talking to? Some fool who had no fucking idea about any of this stuff, which is, like, most people that might come across this, or that I might have called upon. Because a lot of people are incredibly fucking foolish. And then they want to offer some opinion on some shit that they don't know anything about. If you want to do that, go ahead. Do it in public, bro. Don't send me no private messages, because I'll publish that shit. I don't do private messages anymore. There's one guy sending me these private messages, though. This guy's kind of creepy. and I, I literally am creeped out by his shit. Like, I don't know what the fuck he's getting at. It's fucking weird. And I, I can't even understand what he's trying to get at. It's so weird. Like, I've been thinking maybe about blocking him, but I just tried to start ignoring him because I'm like, yeah, this is just not helping me, bro. It's like, it's really weird stuff. kind of creeps me out. And it's like, I don't get where this guy's going with all that. But it's definitely not towards anything that's, like, recognizably productive. But I find it to be kind of a curiosity. It's It's just a little bit ominous. So that's what kind of frightens me about it. But I guess I could probably try to turn some of that into some, I don't know, script or something, I guess, if I want to make some use of it, but, oh, shit, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm just trying too hard to get it all into something usable, and I wish that I had some other writers, or typers, as I like to call them, like, joining on these projects. Maybe I'll look a little harder for some of the, um, platforms, That might actually support some good comedians and stuff. That's a good idea. Oh, that's a great idea. Because then I'll instantly get the jokes. I might find some adversarial types too, but... Again, like, as long as I'm remote and quasi-anonymous at least... It'd be pretty difficult for them to fuck with me too hard. Besides try to bring light to some shit that's not even fully developed and actually that'd probably do me more good once it gets to like publicity if they if they make publicity on my fucking stuff then it's like that's probably gonna do me good I mean, it will bring more attention to my work maybe i'll get some more collaborators and at the end of the day like i feel very confident in saying a lot of this is just a joke but some of it's based on some real shit that's, like, really fucking crazy and serious. But, you know, but I feel, like, safe knowing that, like, I'm basically just making a bunch of jokes. And uh, I think it's time for these jokes to be made, but, you know. Jokes, I think, are threatening. And I've heard some comedians say it as well. Jokes and stand-up or whatever they were saying is, like, unregulated. And it's, like, one of the last opportunities for people to, like, make a living just off using their their mind and their voice. But for me, it's, like, even different. Like, I don't even have to make a living. I almost feel like that's how, like, why I might be considered even more dangerous than others. Just because I'm so free to say whatever the fuck I want. I don't even have to worry about re- repercussions except for bricks to my head or pipes. Or being framed or if they attack my family and that's all something that could happen if you get too out there and too public about your views but um, you know I've seen that a lot so it's just uh, the difficulty I guess of producing unorthodox work but why should the truth be unorthodox? But that's what we have. Alright. Let's see, I got this. I got that. I got this. I got that. I got this. I'm eaten a lot of snacks today. I got spring water. I don't really have any more sugar. Yeah, oh well. I usually like to eat sugar right now. Well, I might start watching this other show. The Boys. I've been enjoying this. I'm on, like, episode four. Interesting show. Elizabeth Shue. She's got an interesting role. The young girl, whose name is Starlight. She's got an interesting role. All the... All the characters are, like, interesting characters, except for maybe the superheroes who are kind of more flat, they're just, like, anti-heroes, kind of, but the, um, the humans Mm -hmm. who are, like, coping with the fact that all these soups or these superheroes are just total bastards is, like, that's what's pretty interesting about it. So it's all about morality and right and wrong, kind of, but where the heroes are like actually the bad guys. And that's a lot like our society. I think that's why. And I think that there's kind of like a, a thing where the starlight girl, she's like, it's kind of like similar in the beginning. I think it was like almost like explicitly, um, (laughs) representative of like what it's like to be an actress. And then to find out that your director like wants you to give them a blowjob or it was like, kind of like Weinstein or something like that. And like, it's pretty interesting. You know, It's a pretty interesting show. And, uh, anyway, I'm going to be watching that and what else? Oh, and my own shows. And um, I guess I'll see you later. I mean, I'll talk to you later. I mean, I'll talk at you later. I'll talk at you later. Gas you later. And in conclusion, why us? And in the end, all the Amazon bitches really wanted was to get back to the jungle. <laughs> I'm not like in the mood for coffee or... Oh yeah, I just already put out ABGOM and BSBMM. they're already done. Do, 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 do do. Ba, do, 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 10.46 already? Damn. I could just go to the thing and not spend money on coffee. It's really hard not to do that, though. It's like, what is the point of money? I'm just about to run out of money, too. Well, I got one more. I got this month, and then I got one more payment. And then, like, I'm going to be out of money. Which is going to suck if I don't have a better idea of what to do. It's basically going to suck. Because if I don't have any money, and I don't have a job, I'm just going to have to go to like, every church, like, more and more and more, and it's going to be like, I'll never have sugar, I'll <clears throat> never have soda, I'll never have coffee, and unless I find it, shit, I'm in a fucking parking lot again. I don't know. Should I get a coffee or not? Alright, first off, let's get the fuck out of the parking lot. I almost got run over yesterday. By this 16-year-old girl in a hybrid. It's like two bad things at once. A brand new driver and a quiet car. Kind of caught me off guard. I don't know. Maybe it was a little bit of my fault for being behind her, but... The way I saw it, she was backing up in this position that was like unusual and by the way she couldn't see me which is I think her fault but you know it was just an accident basically I almost got fucking hit well I had to yell I had to yell and I was about to have to jump stop stop um I'm trying to think so I'd have to cross through the damn thing there and here, there's really no safe way to get into this fucking store. Unless I went all the way around, and then, even then, I'd have to cross in front of some cars. But, uh, it'd be one position. But I guess, well, that's, that's what life is like. It's like sometimes you gotta cross the street if you're out walking in town. <sighs> that's almost like an allegory. Sometimes you gotta cross the street if you're out walking in town. And I don't know how else to live a life, so. Yet. I just don't know how else to live a life. How else am I supposed to live? Maybe I could get on the edge of town and never have to cross the street again. That's possible. If I worked. I'd have to have stuff delivered to me, though. No, not necessarily. I get for leaving my fucking phone on in my pocket. Now I have some weird ass background on my phone. Looks kind of funny though. Oh, is that my old friend? Damn, that looks like her. What? That could be her. Is it her? Who else wears a jean jacket like that? And has a white ass and bangs. So I, I woke up this morning and I was thinking a lot about uh, different lifestyles and different jobs and then I just went to the store and I saw this girl who I kind of like she's like my same age I kind of like her she's I get a little nervous around her I mean she has a different color of skin than me but she's like she seems like really similar to me I don't know if that's part of the reason I like her or not, but I can't tell. I think she looks pretty interesting. But, uh yeah, she's working the job that I was thinking about having. And I just, you know, I got a lot of opinions on that, but one of them is, what's the point? If I don't need to do it, like, what's the point? Uh, I don't remember how I concluded my thoughts today, but one of them was like, why don't I take a break? I was like, why don't I just stop show business entirely? Like after all these years, like, but no, I mean, I've made money. I've made money now and then. And especially when I was a teacher, if you count that. Everything's show business in a way. I show up and there's business. Oh, it's another black guy on the street begging for the children. You want to save the fucking children today? Hey, why are you a racist? Why don't you want to save the children? Oh, just so many things on my mind. I wish I, I, wish I had time to talk about them, but it's kind of like... I think part of it was, first off, I was a little surprised at some of the things I was saying yesterday. I think I was angry, and I was like saying some stuff I don't usually say, but maybe I read on some chat boards. Trump 2020 on the ground. Somebody likes Trump. You'd never know because nobody's allowed to like Trump in public. you will get beat up. you get hit with a fucking bike lock in the head if you like Trump. Hi. But uh, that's one of those things. You know, it's like the minority opinion almost. It's majority, but it's like we're minorities in... Usually in our position. We're not fucking in a mob. But I don't even know how much I like Trump anymore. But Oh yeah, I can watch the uh, late, last uh, Democratic selection racist... Who can say racism the most? Campaign. Camilla's gonna win, of course. Because she just can't be fucking outdone. Everybody's racist. Except for her. It's just how it is, like... like fundamentally... Everyone's racist. But that's not going to work. Because it'll be pretty good for Jeff Zucker, I think, when uh, Kamala and Trump are running against each other. But originally I thought it was going to be Warren and Beto. I just read that Andrew Yang is actually out polling Beto. Beto? Whatever the fuck his name is. The Millennial. I would vote for Yang, even though he's a Democrat. I don't even know if I know anything about him except for... He seems to be pissing people off and stuff, making people think funny. <clears throat> Alright, so. I don't want to stand here and drink my coffee. But maybe I will. I guess there's just nothing I can say. I think that photograph I captured is really just about where I'm at, which is why us. Yesterday it was why me. And I waited a little while just to take a picture of YS without people looking at me funny for taking a picture. Because I don't like being seen, you know, in the midst of actually producing this show, I suppose, like in public. And I'm like, that's it. I've made continuity in my series and it's existential. It's kind of ironic. It's funny. Ironic. Or maybe unexpected is what I meant to say. Because, like, I wouldn't have expected to see the same type of graffiti twice that has, like, two different... Thanks. The fuck? But that is like low cost show business. It's about all I can pull off right now. I farted on you. I farted on you. And uh, I'll get back to you later. I mean, there's plenty of things I could say, like blah, 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 blah. But what it really comes down to is like, why? Why would I want to get a job if I don't need to? And do I want any money? Do I need any money? What am I going to do? And I think the answer is I'm just going to survive this whole winter here. But a lot of me is starting to think about going to West Hollywood again, especially because I can get money. So I might be doing that, but... I want to challenge myself to stay here. And it's like, the problem is is I kind of get depressed, but... The depression thing, it's like, it's not that big a deal as long as I just alter my um, expectations. But um, that's sort of what's upsetting me is just realizing like, I'm probably never going to get famous. I might get famous someday. I don't even think that was the end all be all of like a successful career, but it was like one phase along the way of like what I wanted to achieve is some relative fame sufficient to cause people to buy my tickets enough that I could actually continue to travel. And that is all kind of like, I'm not even so sure I want to do that anymore. But I've been trying to. That's what I've been trying to do with the friendly reunion idea and then NFCF, ACTS, kind of. But um, I'm like so in the middle of it. It's like, that I had a therapist one time who showed me like this trick. She's like, look, when you like, have a pen right in your face. She put a pen right in my face. Can you read it? And I was like, no. And she pulls it back and then it's like, can you read it now? And I was like, oh, so it's kind of like, f- see the forest for the trees or whatever. I can't see the forest for the trees. And know, like, I'm in the middle of this. I don't, I still don't really know what that means. But if I think I'm in the middle staring at a bunch of trees, like I can't really see the forest. For the trees are in my way. And all I could see is the trees. But it's like I'm in the middle of this, like, perspective on these visions I'm trying to create. And it's like, I'm also sort of just like, do I even want to do this? What am I doing? Is there something easier to do? Which is like, the beginning of the year was more like, why make shows when I can just download them? So I felt like, you know, making shows is sort of just like, It's an option. It's an option I was passionate about, but I feel like I want to take a break.